check, check, check. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you're now tuned into Chapter 84 of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff, a.k.a. The Ambitious Introvert. New nickname on deck, you know what yeah. I mean? I haven't yeah. been like that. The whole Petty, pi- petty Podcast shit is, just, is dead. It's, it's, it's over for that <laughs> no, shit. I like that was funny, one. too. I but this one's, I guess this one's more positive. I'm working on it. You know, I'm trying to keep up with y'all. Y'all have great nicknames, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, across from me, I have my, my, two, my two co-hosts, Ladies on the Way. Uh, introduce yourselves for the people, for the new listeners. We have listeners in South Africa, in the UK. Ooh. So you may, may not be familiar with you guys. Awesome. Hi, guys. Coco Riley. How's everybody doing? What's going on, everybody? It's your man, CR908, representing Jump Out the Frame, JOTF Records. What's go? Yes, yes, yes. And across from me, we have a special guest. Um, Man, shout out to Instagram's Explore page, man. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, You could just find, if you're looking for somebody, <laughs> just go there and you'll find exactly who you want to work with in, in within minutes. And... Also, another guest we reached out to it didn't really work out. Uh, her name is uh, YouTube is T Talk. She did Miss T Talk. She yeah. did something with your company, and uh, I, I saw that. I saw the Instagram Instagram page to all the work you were doing, and I was just impressed. And I was like, "Who started this? Who began this creation? And uh, how do I talk to them?" And Appreciate that. Really do. Here you are. Uh, please introduce yourself to the people. My name is Kai Cogsville. I'm the founder of Young Atlas. Young welcome, Atlas. Welcome. Yes. Thanks for having me. From, nope, of course. Harlem, New York, right? Of course. Born and raised. Hustle town. <laughs> 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 it's not a 212 thing. <laughs> I don't co sign that. He seems even more aggressive about that than you signed it earlier when we brought that up. <laughs> Um, what's your, what's your history with podcasts? Do you have a history with them? You listen to them? Do you work with them often? Um, I just think it's a great way to, to, to kind of get your platform out there to the right people, you know, cause people that are putting podcasts together are obviously creative and are the type of people our company wants to work with. You know, mm-hmm. it's more than just getting on a podcast. It's more building a potential nice business relationship. Like I think with you guys, everyone here, there's more stuff we can do than just this interview. You For know? sure. This I can agree. be the start of like, you a know, something great. I yeah, exactly. I, I foresaw that too, but I really just wanted to uh, get to know you as a person first, because for someone to start their own brand company, that takes, there has to be some more history behind that. So I guess, Take us back to the quote-unquote beginning of your creative journey, your entrepreneurial journey. Like, where did it start? For sure. Um, so I went to – I'm from – I'm born and raised in Harlem, middle-class family, and I was the only child. So I was fortunate to go to a private school, and I think that's kind of where it all started. Like, you know, I was – I was just seeing like kind of my mind was blown with all the money out there and all the opportunities and that were going on. And when I got older, everyone was like 16, 17, you're in these schools, everyone's going to nightclubs, right? Like they're partying and they're throwing like $300, $400 out of their pocket on a weekend. Right. And I wasn't one of the kids like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay home and not do anything because I don't have the money. So I, I naturally, for survival to get into that mode, I kind of had to figure out a hustle, how to make my own money, you know? Right. My parents weren't going to give that to me. So then I started figuring out, what if I'm the plug to get into these clubs? What if I know the owners or I know the bouncers? What if I start figuring out my own type of business? And then that's kind of how I got into the promoting world, mm. booking acts. And that's kind of how the creative journey began, kind of on survival to get into these spots and be a part of a life that was amazing, you know, like yeah. it was fun. You're 16 going to the best clubs on planet earth, you know, like why not want to be a part of that? So that's where I was kind of like always had that hustle and that green light just, you know, stuck Young- with me that I can make things happen, you know? That's dope. Young Atlas, can you explain like where that name came from and what does it mean? Young Atlas is, well, we, we're pretty much 
a bunch of young entrepreneurs that are trying to help and build businesses in the creative space kind of first off in New York and New York is such a city where there's so many different people from everywhere so we were just like why not the name Young Atlas my friend was like yo you should start a company and the name should be Young Atlas it's, if it's going to be a platform for artists so hmm. that's kind of just I just took it from there and, and I just stuck with it I think the name is is good but I think I do have some like People are like, oh, what is Young Atlas a lot? So yeah, I kind of yeah. have like, uh, shouldn't I should I have named this something different? But no, I don't think sure once you explain it, I feel like people get it. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. I feel like you know having a name that's thought provoking, you know, yeah. is a great thing. You know, right, people right. should ask what's that. You know, of I, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I I'm always nitpicking. Name. You know, I immediately <laughs> thought about it, the God uh, Atlas. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Atlas shrug. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, maybe he was a fan of that, and then he was like, okay, uh, tied into my company, but right. definitely doesn't sound like it. Uh, hi, Lenny. Welcome. Welcome. Hello, hi, everybody. Your shades are cool as hell, by the way. You stole those? Yeah. How's everybody doing? I'm sorry. We're good. Continue. Um, so did, did you go to college like to uh, start your, uh, I guess, entrepreneurial journey, like to study business and all that? Yeah, I went to, um, I went to Rutgers. And Dope. I went to Rutgers. And I wouldn't say, you know, like I wasn't a good student at all. You, you went know? to New Brunswick or Newark? I went to Newark. Um, I didn't get into New Brunswick. I was a terrible high school student also. Um, You know, so my godfather luckily was at a position of power there and he got me into the school. You know, like I was, I got terrible grades. I was always just kind of doing my own thing, you know, like, and, and at Rutgers, I was more focused on building the radio station and my own real estate club there. Like I wasn't really focused on classes. I was throwing my own parties outside of, outside of um, off campus at the clubs and stuff. And, yeah, I was just kind of trying to figure out what it was I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to always start a business, like, very young. You know, I was like, I got to figure out what it is, and I like the entertainment business because it's really, like, how creative you can be, how much hustle. You know, it's not about, like, that book smarts. It's more about just hustle, making moves, right. and that's what I liked about it. That's what drew it to me because I feel like you can make things happen if you're really driven and you have a creative mind, which I thought I had, you know? It's funny, like I'm also an only child, so I kind of drew my creative inspirations and like uh, will to like be creative and entrepreneurship from like entertainment, do like films and stuff like that. Because sure. my mom and, and my grandmother, like those ones who really raised me, they weren't really doing anything really creative. I mean, teacher, I, mean, I guess it's kind of creative to come up with lesson plans and stuff like that, but create minds. Yeah. Mm. I, I kind of just shaded my grandmother and mom too. That's <laughs> fucked up. But like, uh, I was curious, like, did you have your parents, were your parents doing anything business savvy like that that you grew, drew inspiration from? Or was it like your friends or what yeah, was it? Yeah. Um, it was, it was a, a mix of both. My mom is one of my idols. She was born in, you know, shout out to Jay. She was born in Marcy Projects. Um, she pretty much had to, you know, she was, was going to foster programs for a while and she got herself into community college, then fought to get into NYU and then teachers, you know what I mean? It's just self-made. Mm. So she has that real grit. Like to, if you, like I, I can't make excuses, you know, when I talk to my mom, cause she <laughs> did it all. And then she started her own business after the bubble crashed in 2008. She used to work at Chase. She was Ooh. making a lot of money there. So just to see her bounce back and mm. like kind of start her own thing. And I actually, we work in the same office. I help her out with her company and you know we see each other every day so that's definitely an inspiration and my father was um the head of harlem urban development corporation in harlem so he was he was more of a a nine to five type of guy but like he definitely 
had to be a creative entrepreneur for what he was doing. So I definitely have a lot of, I'm blessed. Like my parents have have worked very hard and they've been very successful in their own right. So they've always, you know, they they were never like, oh, you know, do something safe or none of that. They really like been behind me, like helping me out and forcing me to kind of go for go for it you know swing that's big that's great that's so, great support yeah, yeah. for um, sure yes. your family at the end of the day who are you really going to have in the end mm-hmm. the friends the the business partners will, di- will dissipate but your family's always going to be there exactly exactly uh, i'm an only child too by the way so that's three Shout only out. child Shout out to the only children only child syndrome <laughs> only yeah like I, I always found myself um also gaining inspiration from my friends you know people who were doing more more i guess quote unquote more than me and uh, did you ever find yourself on your way up, like in the, the early stages of starting your career, like comparing yourself and think maybe I might not be able to do it like this person? Like you mentioned Jay, like Jay was like the blueprint for all of us, right? Yeah, um, that, that's a great question. I definitely, I've started to like n- try and not think like that as much because that can be a little bit like depressing if you keep comparing, you know, everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like the person I first started promoting with, he's managing what's her name normani from fifth harmony and oh she's like dope jacoby banks like he's just murdering it just got to deal with rock nation i'm like whoa you know i'm not at that level yet you know what i mean but yeah. i use it more as inspiration you know there's and you know someone i it's still like we have a good relationship so i think it's important to really stay focused on what you're doing and just make sure you don't get caught up in all the noise of what other people are doing like for sure that's that's it's it's easier said than done with social media but that's been important for me so is it's for, like you started this on your own there did you have like friends at the ground level with you starting this a young atlas yeah i had some friends um with me but this has been like they all have their own like nine to five jobs and stuff this has been i i, I dedicate like if i'm awake i'm pretty much working on this you know so this is what i do nonstop. i'm, I'm all in on this company so you have so you don't have like a full-time job part-time job no, this is all n- you do? none of that like we make money through throwing our own events i was like if i'm gonna make if I have a business, I'm going to make a revenue stream in that business mm-hmm. and get that to make money so this can be a real business. That's the way I looked at it. Like, yeah, it I need so to survive familiar. through this business. I've always been self-sufficient. I had to be. You know, as I was saying earlier, yeah. I was so lucky to learn that lesson young in life, you know. There's always a way to make money. And we're in New York, you know. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no excuse, really, you know. For sure. Like, I, I, I'm like, on the, I'm trying to transition out of that cycle of depending on my full-time job yeah. to, to focus on my, my craft. Like, CR, like, you took that leap you're doing your own thing like did you figure do you think that was easy for you like it was definitely not easy like mentally it wasn't easy because you know i had to break out of that um fear of not having the stability of having a regular job safety net that safety net yeah so i can relate to a lot of things you said because uh growing up as an only child i also had to be self-sufficient um the only difference was like my parents they weren't like they weren't working basically like from like when I was like 11 all the way up to my teenage until adulthood. So I literally had to get everything. So it was just like, you know, that aspect of life I was used to, but it was just like mentally being able to be like, all right, well, I'm not going to work. How I'm about to get this bread. But then you start getting in the groove of it. And then, you know, you realize that entrepreneurship is an art within itself. And that's why I love it. Cause like you said, you have to have a creative mind for it to work. Yeah. And you know, you start creating different ways of getting bread. Like, you know, in the beginning, not everything I did was legal, but hey, it helped. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, you know, eventually I wanted to do, um, something that was legal and something that I could use my creative entrepreneurial mi- mindset for. And I came up with jump out the frame. 
Yeah. Where what is Jump Out the Frame? Jump Out the Frame is an entertainment company um and a record label. So we produce records, <laughs> music videos, and just we also host our own events as well, man. Nice, nice. Yeah. I had um, a couple events like the uh in December I had two events for my album release at nice. the movement. Um it's a spot. And that Elizabeth. DJ, yeah, you know. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. DJ Juski, he's um, he's the homie. So I'm in the game. I gotta know about these. Of things. course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. I love knowing people like you, like you guys, and I mean you guys too, like who just do things that. <laughs> like really, right? No, that's not what I meant. But just like <laughs> people, people. That's not shape. I got here. Just people who do things that I don't do well. You know, like I'm really inspired by people who do things really well that I can't do. Like for you to have the confidence to do this like immediately and just jump off the ledge and it's working, like. That's that's crazy, like, but but it's I, also planned, like you know, it's it's. I'm very tactical with it, like I'm a student of the game. I'm constantly studying, not just entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs that are doing similar businesses, like mm-hmm. people throwing events, people like that have artists or media service companies. You know how to monetize. If you're really a student and you're learning, it kind of takes that fear out of you a little yeah. bit because it's. It, it's it's, it's it's more scary if there's no blueprint or clear path. Yeah. When you, like, right. have those steps of where you need to go, like, it, it becomes a little, like, all right, I can do this. Like, and doesn't it give you a sense of reality, too? Exactly. Because there's people who are doing the same thing as you, but they're not being realistic. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have realistic goals. And I think that's what where, you know, my confidence comes from is, like, you know, I, I know that this is realistic. I'm not, you know, yeah, are, are, I agree. Reality and being realistic and being strategic. And being strategic. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And learning. And not, and I've, and I've, I failed my way to being here. You know, I started off doing Hell events yeah. where like. Three, That's an awesome thing to say. It's the truth. Yeah. I failed my way to it's Where it three people showed up to now selling out SOBs, you know, like seven mm. years later. You know That's what I mean? Major. Like it's most people that I started off with, they they're just doing like, you know. A, a corporate job somewhere doing really well i'm nothing again but i you have to have some a, a, like a certain just way you think about it like no matter i have a no matter what type of attitude right. and that's just what you need to win like yeah. you know like i'm just not gonna quit until we get there you know what i mean for sure yeah do you like find yourself emulating certain other people's blueprints to set these events up like maybe not blatantly copying but just following the blueprint and like even are, are you against blatantly copying someone's idea if it's already out there in the universe? No, I feel like that's uh, you. You kind of have to do it. So you just you know you take a couple things from here and there. You know, once you've studied and just if it makes sense, then you can kind of use it. You know, towards what you, whatever you're doing. You know, so right. And then studying people that are successful in the business, like Mike Rapino at Live Nation, like he's like one of my idols. Like those guys behind the scenes putting on big events, like. I'm constantly studying, like, how they rose, you know? Right. And once you can do a little job and then you can really get that on autopilot, then you can kind of go to the next thing. So I'm a con- it's being a student of the game is, is what I – that's what I do all day. You know, I just study. That's sure. major. That's yeah. dope. Being willing to receive information because a lot of times people, like, in multiple industries, they have this ego where, you know, they'll try something and they, they feel like they already know it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. the, I've seen so many people, like, just miss opportunities to learn from having that mindset. So I think that's really dope that you're humble that way. For and sure. that's why you're going to be even more successful is because you, you know, like, that's what you got to do. And that you have no shame kind of emulating someone's else, someone else's idea. Yeah, you can't like, reinvent the wheel. For sure. Like, I, I kind of always have, I feel like I'm stuck, like, sometimes I stuck, I stop myself because I don't want to copy someone else's idea, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be as original as possible, but there's, hearing you say it, like, kind of makes me feel like there's no shame in doing it, right? Like, yeah, if it's out there in the universe, right? Because anyway, you're still going to execute it a little differently and put your, you know, yeah. different twist on it. So, you right. know, that's, 
yeah, there's definitely no shame in that, you know, and and I think our company is is still very different, and I think there's going to be more companies like it that just because the music when I saw the music industry changing so much and albums not selling anymore, I was like, who's ever putting on these concerts and shows? They're getting a lot more power now, so I think I'm. Let me not stop doing this. Let me get really good at it, because then I'll be more impactful to a lot of artists. You know, right? I um. So the bio for Young Atlas, the Instagram page, says there's mini docs, music video production, graphic design, parties, and concerts. What was like the first one you started out the gate the company doing? Was it mini docs or what was it? Well, I, I before I started the company, I was already throwing events, so that was like. Before, that's how I was like, this isn't going to make money. But then we got into content. So we did our first documentary on Brooklyn, on Vinny's in Brooklyn, the hat I'm wearing right now. Yeah, we interviewed those owners. And then this guy, Bam Vito, he does the theme song for Money and Violence. And that was our first documentary. Then we went to Boston. And then we did something in Harlem. So those those were our three like mini documentaries on the hip-hop culture that we started off with. Then we started doing some interviews, and then we started just doing kind of concerts with these artists we were already creating content for, you know? Where do you conduct your interviews? Is it somewhere different, or do you have a studio? We have our we have our office in Harlem that we, we conduct the interviews at in, okay. the, in the Mink building over there. So that's what we've... We do the interviews every Sunday. If you ever have artists, creatives, whatever, we, we're more, more than open to, like, you know, checking them out and potentially interviewing them. What do you look for in a creative? Like, what do you like? What draws the attention to you? Um, like, what draws I, your attention? I like, you know, I, I like people that have, you know, I could see they're on the rise, right? Like, all right, this person I can tell has has been working a, really hard and is growing their following and is taking this really seriously. Like someone who, it really doesn't matter what field they might be a designer, a podcast a podcast or whatever, as long as they're really, like, consistent with it, that's what I look for. Like, all right, this artist has been doing a show once a month and is, like, growing their following. Like, that's what I look for, people that are really on the rise. With it so hard these days because um, some people being just sheep and following trends, there are people who are very talented, but they can't seem to grow their following. Mm-hmm. Do you still give them a second look? Um, Sometimes, but I also think there's no excuse to like not be able to grow your following. You know, that means you're just not doing the research and not mm-hmm. serious enough to me. You know, like the, all the information's out there. I'm not saying, not throwing shade on that person, but I think it's like if you if you're taking this really seriously, you'll figure out how to grow your following. You know, no excuses because I've done it myself, <laughs> and I know I'm not the smartest guy out there. You know, like I'm just like everyone else, just trying to like make it. I've you just got to study, watch those cheesy YouTube videos of how to build an Instagram following. Right. You know, it, it's kind of like humbling, but it, it actually helps you get a little start, you know? When I usually do research on people with um, big followers, <laughs> I kind of contrast the followers and the likes. Do you do that also when you look of at course. people? Yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of ghost followers, too, yeah. so that mm-hmm. does matter. Yeah, you got to make sure that. It, like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather interview someone that has, a thousand followers and is getting 200 likes and getting real strong engagement than someone with 10,000 followers and is getting like 50 likes, you Mm -hmm. know, that means it's just not real. So it's it's about like, if they really have a lot of people engaging with them, that's important because they have their own community around them. I was trying to get around that just so people wouldn't feel discouraged when they have it. 
if they don't have the 10K following, but they have the 1K following and a strong 300 likes. So, yes. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't saying to discourage that. I'm saying if if you saw like, all right, two months ago, that person had 600 followers, then that's someone. All right. They're building they're building their base and it's a real base. That's something we want to work with. You know, mm-hmm. do you, you do the interviews yourself like you personally? Yeah, I do them myself. I do it kind of Vlad TV style. I'm not in the camera yeah. so that they have the content and I have to see my ugly face, you know? So <laughs> do how, do, like how do you prepare for interviews? Like for me personally, like I'm a nervous wreck up until the day of, but I'm constantly just coming up with questions, kind of using previous questions from previous interviews. Like I was curious what your style of interviewing was like and how do you prepare for your interviews? I, I do that too just because we like – we're, we're going to create some clips about different topics. I like to add a lot of value in the interviews. So – what advice would you give someone, let's say, if it's a public relations person I'm interviewing, right? I'd say, what's some advice you would give someone who's about to start a PR company so that someone who's watching that can get some value? Like, oh, I wanted to start a PR company. This just added some value in my day, you know? Right. Our company, especially on our Instagram platform, we want to provide a lot of value. That's what we go for. And uh, is the decision, like a conscious decision to not be on the camera or is it because you saw... Is it like, you know, do you feel comfortable in front of the camera? Is that why you? I do. It's more, I feel like it's more based on, I don't want it to be that I have to do the interviews. Anyone can be behind the camera. So it's not like they get, anyone gets attached to a certain host. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the content just looks a better, looks a little better. And the guest is more incentivized to promote it if it's just their face on it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so it's really just a tip. It's really, yeah, yeah. it's really just a marketing play to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw the way, and just like emulating, I saw Vlad was so successful with it. I was like, let let's do it like that, you know. Right. And I think it looks better than, like, no offense to No Jumper, I I like watching Vlad's interviews more than No Jumper, just because like you know you get to really just see the guest, and then you can, I can chop them up, and they could just have like a twenty second tip clip talking about something that's interesting, you know, and I can chop it up a little easier that way. Right. That's interesting. I, I'm not. It's funny you mentioned No Jumper. Like that was actually one of the podcasts uh, early on that kind of inspired me to start. Right. Uh, Adam Twenty Two is a legend for sure. Uh, can you name any other entertainers or people that are on that inspired you on your way up? Um, or still inspire you? Currently? Still inspire me is Cole Bennett with Lyrical Lemonade. You know he's so yeah. young. He's just putting on so many artists. He has like a million subscribers. He's huge influence. Um, I'm kind of old school in the entertainers too. Like, I don't know if you know who Lou Wasserman is, but that's someone who was like, he started MCA and was like the first agent, like in Hollywood. Like, he's just kind of like an old school legend. Like, he's an interesting guy. David Geffen, of course. Um, a lot of the business guys, Michael Rapino, um, who's some other ones? I like, I, I want to eventually get into boxing promotions. So Al Heyman and Bob Arum, those are guys like I look up to. So. Yeah, I, there's a lot of like behind the scenes people that are making it happen that I look up to. I've heard the name Michael Rapino, I think, in a Drake line before. That sounds very familiar. Yeah, so, yeah. Am I tripping? There's like, was that no, like, that sounds was that familiar, off yeah. Scorpion that I heard of Michael Rapino line? <laughs> I know. I think it's uh, Al Heyman. You know, Al Heyman signs the checks for my events. That's that's uh, I think the line you're thinking of. Probably, yeah, yeah, because he he started off throwing his own tours, and then you know he's got it down in these boxing games right now where. He'll be managing both both people in the arena boxing each other. Okay. He's negotiating the rights with the networks, Showtime or HBO, and he's also promoting the fight. <laughs> and he does it all under the like title advisor, so he can't like no one can sue him for for doing a monopoly what he's doing. Right. Not yeah. saying it's right, but it's still genius, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this guy was sleeping on sleeping on pool tables in the seventies, so you know he That's made crazy. it. Jesus. Yeah. I um. I'm curious what your uh, what your thoughts or not your thoughts, but like 
there's literally no linear trajectory to what what we're doing, what you're doing. Uh, what keeps you motivated to go every day? Like, what keeps you go- waking up every morning to say that I want to do this? Uh, that's a good question. I I just think there's there's so much more I want to execute on in a real like physical sense like i really want to eventually just sell out the garden you know like that's like an artist that i'm working with selling out the garden like i'm not going to really stop until that happens so like i just know there's what i'm doing if i can sell out these smaller venues i can keep growing so that keeps me going like i i'm on a i can keep working with better artists bigger artists and keep growing my platform and help more people get to the next level so that's what keeps me growing you know Right. And I want to grow a business. I want to eventually have 30, 40 employees and, you know, people that want to be in the entertainment business are coming to us. I want to be one of the best companies in New York, you know? Just New York? Well, if you're in New York, you're in the world. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, okay. Yeah. I'll just focus on New York that's, for that's, that. For sure, yeah. And Kai, as, <laughs> drink to that. as hands-on as you are, as far as, like, your executive team, mm-hmm. how did you choose them? How did you come into contact with them? And, yeah. You know, as far as trusting them with, you know, your... With your same goal and vision and mission. Mm-hmm. That's See, that's... that's um At the end of the day, it's really my baby. So, it does... It, that's tough to, like... To... Because one thing I'm trying to work on is, like, no one's going to want this as much as I do because I started it, right? So that's something I have to realize. And I went to college with one of them, and he's very good with more of the numbers and the technical side. So everyone – and I'm not good at that. I'm more on the marketing side. Mm. So that's really my main co-founder. And the other people are more, like, my videographer and my services and sales guy who helps me get the media packages and the different things we sell out there so so it's a pretty small group yeah it's it's a small group because we freelance so much and we work with so many venues and other promoters like we're in the we do a lot of biz dev where we partner up with tons of different promoters venues you know maybe brands maybe podcasts like you guys you want to throw an event one day you know so like we're always partnering up with other people Right. That's one of the secrets to success. If you're kind of young and don't have like so much cash to back you, like biz dev all day, just partner up with people, Mm -hmm. just see how you can add value to what they're doing and vice versa. And you Mm -hmm. can start winning that way, especially in New York. Definitely. So, so like you believe like relationships are more networking. Yeah. Network is more important than like, but do you add like money to those situations sometimes? Like do you feel always or do you do some some things off the strength of love? Um, yeah. Well, I think it's it's really it's really like we there's going to be a situation where we at least all right like they need they I need something from them they need something from me like you know I'll do that if I work with them but like a lot of them a lot of people I work with on monetary terms it's like all right we're partnering up on this venue to sell it out you know with another promoter or something right so that's like mostly money situation most of my partnerships are with other promoters or other people throwing events right so yeah most of it is like monetary but sometimes it's more for following or a marketing play you know right. i wasn't looking for like a homie discount i was just asking for other people you know I mean, he no, may be for sure. curious like, no it, it, it's always if they can add value and it makes sense then we'll do it you know yeah we're, we're flexible and we know like we're not we're not anyone to like you know throw shade or not want to work with anyone you know have we're you, open to it have you had to deny someone that you didn't really believe in their vision or the business didn't really work out like can you think of a memorable example of that um, hmm. not to put their name out there, but yeah, I mean, people, people, artists come to me all the time on just, you know, I can't think of a specific situation. They'll just be like, yo, like, I don't have any money, but I want to do a music video. Like, could you put me on? And I'm just like, yo, like, 
I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, like Prince was a janitor. How bad do you really want this? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like people that just says to me they're not serious, you know, mm. and they'll just and they'll like write. They'll, I've, I've, I have like 20 emails that are like six paragraphs about like all the things they've done. And then at the end, like, can you hook me up for free to do like a music video? I hate that. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Yeah, I respect the people that put in the time to put in, you know, to create these videos and your photography. Like, that shit's mad work. I know because, like, I, like I told you, I, I dabbled in it for a little bit. Right. And it's a lot. Editing, shooting, mm -hmm. it's a lot of work. For somebody to ask you to do that for free is a slap in the face, yo. They just don't, like, I feel like they don't have the right mindset to understand the concept behind the work that it takes to produce media. It's yeah. a lot of work. You have to have a good work ethic. Yeah. Seriously. So people deserve to get paid for that. For I have sure. a question. Um, are you familiar with the whole fire entertainment festival that went bad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How would you have done that differently? As you saw it going downhill, and they know mm -hmm. you noticed that things weren't being done on time, what would have been the right thing to do in that situation? Where, where, where are we at? Like, do I have to put the festival on, or am I a couple months out, two days out? Um, I think at the point when they realized um, they didn't have enough beds. And the stage wasn't halfway done. I think maybe it was like two months more till the festival was supposed to happen. Yeah, I probably you probably have to push it. You probably have to push it back because. But I think what what happened with him is he was in a situation where he took out so many crazy loans, mm -hmm. and he and he had such he paid crazy interest on this loans. He like literally it was he had to do it. So, I I I think. I don't know. I think I would have just went bankrupt and just like not done it. You know? <laughs> like seriously, because now look at him; he's in jail. You yeah, know? Like, so, yeah, uh, definitely. So that's a good question. That that's crazy because Magnesis. I was like, yo, that's a weird company. I don't know what's what's up with them. When I yeah, when right. I first saw the documentary, I saw that he had did the whole car thing. I was just like, well, that was a real scam. Yeah, definitely. Just okay. It wasn't a real business. It wasn't a real business yeah. at all. He and didn't he keep going so after the Firefest thing? Like, didn't he like? He tried to do something. Yeah, else he after scammed that. all the people on those Magnesis email lists, like yes. saying he would give them tickets to things that didn't exist and whatnot. You right. Know? And he I was respect the guy's resilience. Ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> prices, yo. Yeah. Was... Speaking of that guy, it seemed like he was really in it for the money, but you seem like you kind of have a balanced amount of interest in the art and the money. Or is there an equal trajectory between the two? I think when you look at something, like you just want to be the best at it, then money comes with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. we want to be, and we're not even close to that yet, but like we want to be the best in throwing like independent shows in New York, you know, like that'll be the first step and then taking it nationally. So really I look at it just trying to be the best in our field at what we do, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's definitely what we're in for. So it's not, I, I look at it from the consumer standpoint. When you work with us, I want you to just be happy and make sure, you know, we added value into what you do, you know? Do you feel like any, any pressure at times? Like, because you're working, you have so many interests and so many people you're working with, do you feel like the need to have to live up to certain expectations or do you just do your best every day and just see how it works out? Oh, every day I feel the pressure of it, you know, but, um, but luckily we've, you know, I can, I, I stay sane because I've seen the progression. Like, we, we went through them. Doing like a hundred cap venues to like four hundred cap venues to five hundred, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're at that five hundred level. So soon we'll be at a thousand. And I see people coming up to me, yo, I want to invest in a show, this and that. So more more opportunities are presenting themselves. So I'm seeing we're doing the right thing. If I was still at where I was two years ago and things weren't progressing, I would have answered that much differently. You know, hmm. if it was stagnant, that would be different. But we see a lot of growth and potential. So. That's what you. That's what keeps me going. You know what I mean. Do you, the other people you work with also do this full time? 
No, I'm the only one that does it. You're full-time. the only one. Okay. Yeah. I have full-time videographers. They do have other clients, but you know, I'm the I'm the one who's doing this full time. It's still like this is still a year and a half into the company. A year and a half? Yeah. Oh wow. So I have a question as well. Like, um, so with that, you play you you wear a lot of uh, different hats and you play a lot of different roles, right? Yeah. So like, what are some of the skill sets that you particularly have that keeps this whole company afloat? Um, I would say just being self sufficient and understanding how to wear those different hats. Like, I and I think it's a blessing to actually have to wear those different hats. So what eventually, are some of those hats? so I, I I know how to do our own PR, right? Like I'm sitting here doing an interview with you guys, promoting my business, right? So I'm <laughs> PRing my company. I try and have one of these going on at least once a week, mm. and talk and then building building business relationship is what I'm already good at. So I try and do that and get great at it. Um, accounting, I just. I use a credit card for anything business. I just put in all everything checks I pay people. They're like, yo, that's mad old school. No, it's so I can see all the <laughs> yeah. books and yeah, know exactly yeah. how, where the money's going. Yeah. Um, marketing and Instagram, I do outsource that a little bit and work with some companies, mm-hmm. you know, like not the cheesy ones. Yo, let me grow your following. Those, But like, you know, real actual social media companies that charge me like a monthly fee. I work with them too. And um, yeah, like... Just promoting the business is really the main thing and creating business relationships with different people, biz dev, as we were saying, you know. Okay. What's like the hardest part of, of doing all this? Um, the hardest part is, shit, there's so many hard parts. Um, I guess like it's kind of just not getting overwhelmed and mm. and letting some things throw, like, fall through the cracks because at the end of the day, you know, like it's just me doing it really like full time. There's I definitely have like some good people helping. But yeah, just not getting overwhelmed and kind of just, you know, not getting cuz once you're getting too stressed, it's it's debilitating, you know? So yeah. just kind of like relaxing and and once a day just like looking at my phone and looking at the bigger pictures and the goals that I have, you know? That's like just just stress, man, you know? Man, <laughs> you preach it to the choir, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, bro. Um so like what do you do in those moments when you kind of get stressed out? Do you just do you talk to someone? Do you just sleep it off? Like, what do you do to escape the stress? Um, I talk to I talk to my shrink. He actually lives in my house. No, I'm joking. I was about to, <laughs> yo, I was like, yo, that's that's dope. So you get different type of money, right? Well, like, like, damn. Nah, um, I, I, you know, I have I, I have a great founder that started the company with me, um, Nate. So I talk to him about it. If it's business stress, I have a great girlfriend that I talk to about stuff, um, and my parents help me out with stuff. So I have people that I can get it off my chest. And I honestly love just taking a walk through New York. This is one of my stress tips. Mm. I'll take like a two-hour walk in New York and just kind of like, you know, just see what other people are going through life, you know? Mm. Like, look, someone else is going through way more stress than I am, you know? Yeah. I have the – and I always think to myself, I'm so lucky to do what I love full-time, so like I shouldn't take that for granted, you know? So – I kind of snap out of it pretty quick. It's never that bad. How old are you? I'm 27. Okay. Jesus. Uh, so, like, I mean, but on your way up to this point in your life, like, was this always plan A or did you always have – did you have a plan B? Do you have a plan B now or is it always just plan A, plan A? Plan A all day. All wow. That's the yeah, I'm a gambler. Power the mind. Yeah. yeah. I don't actually Shit. gamble, but, yeah, like, <laughs> I just – if I'm trying to, you know – as I said, this is what's going to – it's just a matter of time. That's the way I look at it, yep. you know? Yeah. And I've already had some – like I've already been able to sell some – make some money with my own company. Like why stop, you know? Like, yeah. Hmm. It's not like I haven't been able to do anything. Like I've been doing some – we've been making some progress, you know? So. Yeah, if you can make a hundred, you can make a thousand. If you exactly. can make a thousand, you can make ten thousand. Just multiply sure. it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm fucking inspired, bro. That's like – I appreciate that. 
do you, so you don't ever overthink? I, I'm I'm fucking shocked that like you're, you don't maybe get stressed about it like or you do, but I overthink all the time. But I I really do study so many entrepreneurs all day. Yeah. So I just that's like I'll be working in the office and I'm like answering emails and I'll be listening to like Guy Raz, that guy who has the podcast on how I built this, and I'm learning about some other company oh my in my ear, you know. Yeah. So once you kind of deal with and listen and realize every entrepreneur is a human. And you kind of realize, yo, like, this is normal what I'm feeling. It's kind of mm-hmm. like helps you go on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yo, everyone's human. Like, everyone gets stressed out. But at the end of the day, you're you're doing what you love for a living. Like, that's maybe, you know, not many people have the opportunity to even do that, you know? For sure. So I just have to realize how blessed I am every day, you know? Amen. I you get know, to sit here and talk about my business for an hour, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if this if helps you, but it helps me. Like, when I read up on the failures of people who are super successful right now, yeah. like, that shit makes me feel good. Why? Because they persevered and they're, like, the shit now. You know what I mean? It like, humanizes right. them. It, it humanizes, humanizes them, them yeah. because it's, like, it's so more real. It's, it's more realistic. Like... I remember I was listening to the Breakfast Club today and Charlamagne was talking about like, yeah, I've been to some empty T.I. shows, some empty Jeezy shows. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, even T.I. and Jeezy had empty shows when they first started. Like, it's literally part of the process. Like, you can't skip that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I felt like, yo, that was such a stress reliever because I've been through that like earlier in my career and it's now that people are really coming out for me so when you were talking about like you're growing, you're following and stuff, like there's no way around it. You just got to work. For you sure. got to show up. You got to meet people. There's no way around it. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely, you know, the guy who started KFC, like, hit that when he was, like, 66. 60 or something. Yeah. Know? Like, yeah, there's cra- it's that's why they get successful, because they have that no matter what attitude, you know? It's yeah. going to work Didn't Jay yeah. drop Reasonable Doubt at 26, 27? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the uh, best thing that ever could have happened to him, you know, going. Thing. That's why he's such an insanely good businessman. He had to do everything, you know? Yeah. Still the best album out currently, in my opinion. So one of the best hip hop albums ever. Am I the only one released. who prefers the visual over the? Like I have to watch it for some reason. What do you mean? Reasonable doubt. Oh, like you prefer it over the actual? Like why? I don't know. Is that banana pudding? I mean, I did bring it to share, then I just started eating. Yeah, <laughs> this is the second time you bought mad food and didn't share with nobody. No, I didn't put my there's fork extra. back in. There's extra. But it was only I one spoon. I love no, banana pudding. I brought pudding. And there's spoons in here. Like, don't play with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just making sure. I would love to hear about what some of the other hosts here, like you know, what you guys' story is a little bit more. If that's mm, okay. Let's start with the Uh-oh. ladies. Let's start with the ladies. Uh-oh. I talk too much. I'm sorry. I get excited. Mm. My bad. No, it's great questions, by the way. You know, I might need a co-host one day. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. You heard it here first you two uh laney coco who wants to go first i'll go i am the self-described mother of the group um i'm actually as far as uh what i do for work i work for the city financial just now getting into the podcasting um thing been doing it for about a year nice um and i'm looking to start uh an online um spiritual business um so yeah that's what i'm actually um studying up on now very cool very cool Mm -hmm. And I'm a mother. Yes. How old is your... Older. 23. 23. Yes. Okay. My baby. This is your second podcast. It is my second podcast. That's right. How are you enjoying yeah. it? I th- it's fun. It's definitely bringing me out of my shell. It's helping me with um, my anxiety. And I like it so far. So just keep good. doing it. You should read Charlemagne's book about... Um, <sighs> I love that book. Yeah, I, I own it. I haven't, I haven't touched ones. it yet. It's in my book bag right now. I was reading on the way over. I got Michelle Obama's book okay, in my book bag right now. You, you want to borrow it? Yes. I'll bring it next <laughs> show. I'll bring it next show. Miss Laney. I, I am Laney. I feel like I'm the self-proclaimed wild child of the group. 
I am the unemployed creative. I did quit my job recently because I was having problems and because I just didn't want to be there anymore because I felt like it was just so much more I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I quit my job and I started doing photos and writing. And then next thing I know, I got hit with this whole spiritual epiphany. And now I do readings and spiritual healing. So I'm I'm in the midst of like figuring out where I'm going to put most of my attention in or how can I umbrella everything together because I do like to... To create content for podcasts and um, YouTube shows. So I'm just a little bit of everything, but I would definitely say just a creative soul. Gotcha. Congratulations. And a writer first, too, but yes, it's creative a big soul. leap. Yes, yeah. I did take the leap. And the funny thing, I have a quick story because I quit seven months ago and I was like chilling, lollygagging. And then, like, this week I got this letter in the mail. And I swear, I've never put foot to pavement so much this week. Like, when you truly say, if you really want something, you got to put, and he's definitely not playing, y'all. If you really want some life, just keep just doing and work at it. The amount I did this week and that I did in the past seven months is just, I'm like, Helena, are you serious? <laughs> right. Like, why was I playing for the whole thing? Well, I did need a break, though, too. No lie. I needed mm-hmm. a break. But this past week was just an eye-opener that I'm on the right track. And um, not to give up and keep going. So definitely just happy to be here. And I started podcasting with Coke. Well, Actually, a year ago, we started together. Okay. And then Jeff invited us to do this show together. So we've just been one cute little happy family. Love what you guys sure. have going on here. This is yes, great. Man. Yeah. Do you, do you want to keep going with the introductions, I guess, the proper introductions? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, go CR. Who are you? Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Jersey. I still love New York people, though. Where in Jersey? Uh, Elizabeth. I was born okay. and I was raised in Roselle. It's like okay. a small black sur- suburban area. Yeah, I know Roselle. Yeah, I love Roselle. Yeah. Went to all the schools out there, Abraham Clark. Okay. Yeah. Um, went to Jersey City University. That's where I started my record label. But I've been rapping since I was 10 years old. Nice. Yeah, freestyle before I started writing anything. Um, I always had a talent for it. I was signed to an independent label called DLE Records. Mm-hmm. That didn't go so good. Um, dude that was running that company, he was actually from Brooklyn. And <laughs> he was a little shysty, still shysty, because there's people out there that have reached out to me. About not everybody from Brooklyn is shysty. Not everybody, but, you know, it's crazy. Should we, should I, I got family him? from Brooklyn. No, no, no. Are you, no, no, from, I don't put, Bro- are you from Brooklyn? Okay. Let's clear that up. Yeah, I got some cousins from Flatbush, and, you know, they're, they're shysty. <laughs> all right, well. All right, now you're getting real specific. For the past two shows, okay. I kept saying Jersey for certain things. You know, your Wendy's and your disagree. Whitney's. <laughs> shit. It's real shit, though. But um yeah, so yeah, I started my label while I was in college. Sorry, um, my girlfriend was lost. I was just telling. Her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was born in New York and still doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I was born in New York. It happened. I feel like finding here is actually kind of complicated, though. It's not. It's not. Manhattan's on a grid. Just keep turning right. You no, wind up in the I same just place. But in this building, I feel... if I'm texting her, there's no excuse. You know what I mean? Like, you. you can put it on Google Maps. You know? yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, so yeah, I started my label while I was in college. Um, I also was like president of the Haitian Student Association, so I was used to being a leader. She got the Haitian crowd they yeah, come out to they events. come out bro they we're gonna make some money we'll talk that's what i'm saying like everything you've been saying is like the universe provides bro like yeah, definitely because i finally have reached this level where i'm starting to make money with my company because it's the right. third year we've been in business um the last it's big two to five years man yeah the last big thing i did was yandy smith's birthday party i performed there nice. um jeff and coco came through um, it was a great vibe, you know what I'm saying? It's at the movement space, and you already know about that yeah, spot. Yeah. So I've just been climbing the ranks, my dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? I produce um, my own. I mean, I don't produce my own music. I, I write my own lyrics, but I have a producer. And I publish everything through my company. I register with the state of New Jersey. I'm incorporated. I do my own taxes. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I respect like, that, man. Just doing up. the same shit as you, just yeah. 
literally just grinding out here trying to survive as an entrepreneur. Right. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And I've had some bad events. You know what I'm saying? I've had some events where it wasn't bad, like, in the essence of nobody showed up. But the first event I had was, like, a mixtape release for Straight from the 908. And I realized I needed a team because mm-hmm. I literally was doing everything by myself. I got the grill going. I went to the store, got the burgers, the hot dogs. Then I came inside to make sure the artists were good with the DJ. Then I was organizing people. I was trying to take pictures. Like by the time it was time for me to perform, I was drenched in sweat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it was too much. And that's why I realized I needed. Well, a team. That's a great point because what I think people need to understand about entrepreneurship is and having a business is I look at it like this. I don't have a real business unless I don't have to be there and it's making money, right? Mm. Like, that yes. means I'm still kind of a freelancer because if I'm not there, it's not making money. Everything's a mess, you know? But like if I can leave the office and take a vacation for a week and I come back and things are in, on point, you know, then you have a real business. You know what I mean? So, and I think the key to that is creating systems and putting the right people exactly. in a position systems to run all day. Them. All day. All day. You have a problem, try and automate it, you know, yeah. outsource. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of like trying to pitch ourselves to work with you right now. Like we're just like, our, <laughs> this is our interview. You're interviewing us right now. Well, it's, it's interesting what you have going on since we have so much synergy in what we do, you know, so. For sure. And like I started this podcast a year ago, a year and some change ago with somebody else I consider my best friend, but uh, that's, that kind of fell off. But the reason I started it was because I suffer from a depression currently, mm-hmm. uh, but like a year ago it was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But I noticed like the only source of light and entertainment and freedom I got from that darkness that depression brought me was podcasts, like mm-hmm. the Joe Bunnan podcast, the Brilliant Idiots podcast, uh, Shane Show. And uh, when I kind of got to a space of where I had a clear head and I was free from that, I wanted, I thought to myself, well, I, first of all, I got tired of like debating podcasts that couldn't hear me, like yelling at my phone. <laughs> They're saying something wrong. I, they can't hear me. No one can hear me. And also, I kind of wanted to be that same escape for people who suffer from depression mm-hmm. by providing my own inspiration, my own opinion, my own entertainment and introverted intuition was born. Like I was, again, I was doing it with somebody else and then fast forward and invited these guys to, to come on and to support me and we can do this together. And it's been pretty successful so far. I, um, introverted intuition is really the embodiment, embodiment of my entire existence. You know, like if you know the definition of those words, you can kind of guess the type of person I am and, or whatever, but yeah, this this podcast is really just it's completely selfless. I just want to help, you know. I want to help. I want to be people's escape from that darkness. I want to inspire people to to show them that they can do it on their own, you know. And For sure, it's clearly possible from clearly from what you're doing, what we're all doing, you know. So yeah, it's important to give people a platform, you know. I kind of want to be that hope, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you are actually. You what? You are. I don't think you so. Read the yeah. comments. Yeah, there are people that are like, you know, yeah. you really are. Read your you know, comments, dude. Yeah, 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 people really do look to it, you know, every day. Not every day, but when the episodes come out and, you know, it's like a highlight That's for cool. them, especially those that suffer from like anxiety and depression. So just want to help. Doing man. It, it's know? really hard to get out of that. I was, do you have any history with depression at all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely did. I, I do talk to an actual um, therapist, you know, about, you know, just some some anxiety and different things like that. Because when I first started in the company, like we were saying, like, you just see all your friends doing all this stuff. I'm like, you know, still living at home, my parents and all that, you know, like that, you know, kind of keeping up with the Joneses got to me. But, yeah. you know, just kind of just talking about it with someone who's a professional at dealing with it helps, you know. Yeah. So, like, I do I do see someone about it, like, but it's more about anxiety. And I've kind of, like, just gone all in on the business. And I've just kind of started, you know, digging deeper into you know, the mental stuff. And then 
once you kind of get that going, then things start to come into place, you know? For sure. But it's important to admit that, you know, you, you, something's not right and then just start working on that, you know? Do you, uh, so you work with people you're close with. Do you fear like bringing new people in to work with you? Um, Are you hesitant about that? A little bit. It depends on, it depends on how like, you know, I, I'm in, I'm in a business where you get screwed over like left and right, you know, like, I'm sure like promoters, like I've, I do artists that they sell all their tickets. They don't show up to perform. You yeah. know, they just keep the money. Like that happens wow. sometimes, you know, and I, oh, I, wow. I sign contracts and stuff, you know, but that happened at my last show. You know, I do, I've had venues say that, oh yeah, our t- we had 50 tickets sold online yeah. and then I'll have, you know, talk to one of their interns I know from outside of it. And then she'll be like. Yeah, you actually sold 85 tickets online. They just like stole oh. money from you. What can you do you know? about that? Wow. It's like it's 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 tough cuz like sometimes you just you're in a position where all right, I know that they know that I know, so I'm just going to get a better deal next time and like, you know, just do business, you know? So yeah. and then so I'll and you just tweak up a little bit. Now we're just telling selling it t- tickets through Eventbrite, not through their system, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if you have to do business with them, you kind of have to, but like sometimes there's a lo- there's a lot of people you can do business with, but it sucks cuz <coughs> they know what they know that they can get away with it some people, you know. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So you got to just get to the get to the place where listen, we know and you know now we're buying your business. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's a super underrated aspect of entrepreneurship that people don't think about like you have no option but to swim with the sharks like you're going to deal with people that are shysty you're going to deal with people who are shady like some people try to have the strategy of just avoiding those type of people but they're they're they're, it's inevitable you know what i mean because there are a lot of shady people who are in power position so your best bet is just come up with a way of of being aware of it and strategizing and being smart because business is all about tactics and strategy. You know what I'm saying? It's really. But a why game can't it be about integrity? Like just because that's on not, the strength that's of like not your reality. Own... Yeah, most people, I know it's super most people like just don't have childish, that. but don't have that. and no matter like, what, like even what if season one teach you. What's sorry? What does season one teach you? Man. Honor and integrity does he not matter. About that. Yeah. I'm just so big on integrity. It's just like if you see someone on the rise, like. Why can't, why won't you just show them love off the strength and help them? You know, why won't you, especially if you're in a position to help? That's why I don't know. That's how I'm going to be when I'm up. You know what Everybody's I mean? Like, different. Yeah, you I'm going to help. You say that now. No. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like, you say that now, and sometimes you could get jaded because on the way up, you're helping people, and then everybody just like sticking forks in you, too. I guess. It goes both ways. Like, yeah. People take advantage yeah. of generosity. You could be too nice, and then, you know. What's, take advantage of that. what's the ratio of times you've worked with someone off the strength of love without money? Like, is there a, a steep difference between the two? Or business is business, period. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it depends. It depends on who they are, and like, you know, yeah, I've I've definitely, you know, I've definitely done that. Where like, yo, I went to college with this guy. I'm going to help him out. But like, you know, most of the time, it's just really business because there's not only so much time in a day. You know. Yeah. I'm not Mother Teresa, but I thought. <laughs> You know, I, you sure? I, <laughs> but I also what you were saying, like, even though I've been screwed over a lot, like it doesn't no matter what happens, you you can't change like who you are and your integrity just because like the game's fucked up. You still yeah. got to stay like, you know, stick to your values. Mm-hmm. And believe me, that that will prevail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as fucked up as it is, you still Never learn from fold. those things, right? Yeah, You exactly. still learn from when 
Shit like that. Like I've gotten screwed over so many times, and I know I will have get screwed over more. But mm-hmm. like, no one can bullshit me in terms of like what's gonna go down, really. You mm-hmm. know, like because I've seen it all. You've been you've been conned so many times. It's oh, like yeah. you know what I mean. I'm the same way. It's like I've been conned so many times. Like I know I can smell bullshit from a mile away. So it's just like at this point, I just don't waste my time. I've been, yeah, if I wanted to like, and if I really wanted to make some serious money, I know how to con. Like I've seen it all. Yeah. Like I would be the plan best B. con yeah. man out there. Plan yeah. B, you got a plan, plan B. B. Yeah. Look at that. If I get stabbed in the back a couple more times. Yeah. I'm gonna be one of these fake booking agents as soon as a rapper gets out of jail. I'm like, yeah. Takashi Six Nine coming home soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need the wire, fifty five percent deposit. Word. Yeah. I've gotten like, like <laughs> fucked over sometimes, like more so like personally than business because I'm just getting into this business yeah. lifestyle. So like that's why I feel like I won't really change as much because I've seen how people would do me personally. So I know they, they'll do it to me professionally. So I just feel like I would be more willing to do things off the strength of love and if I could just help, you know, like especially I'm in a position to. Well, I'm just different, I feel. Business is, uh, to me, business is just about, if I'm doing business with someone, it's really simple. Like it's math. You're bringing something to the table and I'm bringing something to the table and then we're eating and doing business, right? So if I don't like that person, you know, why break bread? I, I, no, I, honestly, I think if I, I might break bread with them if it's just like strictly business, right? If it's yeah. a transaction. But if we're building more of a business relationship, then I'm probably going to, you know, have to like that person. You know what I mean? Like Diddy said it once. He was like, listen, you don't have to like me to do business with me. Some people aren't like that, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a give and take. Depends on what the business is. We can do it. You mm-hmm. know, if it's like, you know, you're the one ma- printing my flyers. I don't have to like you. You might just give me a really great price. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So it depends on really what it is. If it's someone I got to be on the phone with, we're going to meeting. Sometimes you have to build that rapport with someone. So you're going to have to like the individual. You know? I there- think, yeah, I agree. It depends on how personal the actual business is. Yeah. And what you're dealing with. I agree. With that. Is there much room in business for like empathy and feelings, though? Like, does it matter or there is room for it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because um, like. You know, people, you don't know what someone else is going through, you know? So, like, I've been in meetings where it's like, yo, I know this person's going through a lot. Like, you know, let me, let, let's reschedule, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, relax, you know what I mean? Or, like, someone, people have empathy for me, you know? When I when I might have gone through something and they'll say, yo, I, I know, like, I know you're, like, club, there have been cl- good club owners who have said, yo, like, you you took a hit, but I'm still willing to work with you. You've had a good track record and, you know, let's let's continue to build. You know what I mean? Right. So it's really if you handle yourself with respect and honesty and integrity, you know, it it will, you know, it it shows the way people and you have respect to people. You know, you get respect back for sure. And you do attract more people like that when you do represent yourself that way. You know what I'm saying? You start building the relationships with those who do also have integrity and morals. Do you think about your, like your legacy? Like when you're gone, that's how I want to be remembered as someone who just did the right thing as many times as they could, you know, Mm -hmm. who helped. Yeah. But like in terms of like legacy when I'm gone, you know, that's how I want to be remembered. Do do, do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I was born in Harlem and like, you know, I have friends that were born up the block from me. And they're like, yo, like we're going to get mad money and get out the hood. Like I have a different mindset. I'm like, yo, what's Harlem's amazing. Like, why not? Yeah. Why not get this money and make our hood a little better, you know, and mm-hmm. like help some more kids out around here? You know, like, why are we trying to cure AIDS when the homie up the block can't even get a, you know, get food? You know what I mean? So right. that's how I, I definitely want to build like a legacy in Harlem. You know, I just want to focus on that where I was from. So you're big on like community and where you're from as opposed yeah, to the world. Exactly. Like I, if, like when people, it's funny because people think the president has more 
power than their local co- councilman, but that local councilman actually will have more effect on their day-to-day lives yes. than the president will, yes. you know? Yes. And so, no one shows up to yes. those bo- voting no booths. No, no, and so no, many no. don't even know their local councilman they don't know who they are. City exactly. hall meetings, exactly. none of that. And it's like... And those so those really impact their day-to-day really lives, do. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, local politics is so underrated. So underrated. And people need to educate the market on that more, you know? I must ask another question. Anybody else have one before I go? I'm, I'm just... I'm vibing right now. I'm go sorry. Ahead, go ahead. Um, does the... What's going on in the world, like politics-wise, just world-wise, does that affect your mental state in any way and kind of affect your creation of these events and these interviews and all that? Do you pay attention to what goes on in the world? Um, yeah, when it, when it comes to music, for sure. Like, you know, we had a Nipsey set, you know, at our last show. Like, I Oof. had a, a DJ play, like, you know, 30-minute Nipsey set. So, like, definitely when it comes to music, like, even if it was a hip-hop show, but Avicii was such a big DJ, like, we, you know, played some Avicii tracks, you yes, know. Like, I think mm-hmm. he's... He's an incredible producer. Like, if yeah. you saw the documentary on Netflix, it's really good. You should check that out. They have one for Avicii? Yeah, yeah. they have one for Avicii. He's, wow. he's a genius. So, so is one of my favorite songs by him. But, yeah, and, like, Donald Trump to me is is cool because – not cool, but, like, in terms of just how the the, the landscape of politics, I think, is going to change. I think people are – it's going to be more like, all right, this person is famous. They might be in office, like, you know? Like, yeah. He's, he's changing up. I think Trump is just a fascinating person to me. See, yeah. I thought I was the only one. I think so too. Yeah, I think he, it, I don't. I'm not saying I don't think he's a good guy, but I yeah. think he's. It's it, his he's whole rise is yeah. incredibly entertaining. You know? He's the mm-hmm. biggest con man to me because like Definitely. I paid attention. He's close. a con. They, his whole team like they didn't anticipate to win, but then they won, and he just wrote it out for these past two years. He and he's making it work. Him. He has a following. He has a a fan base. Like, yeah, and he understood like what type of like. A sophisticated New Yorker does not mess with Trump, you know. Yeah. But like, right. if you're in the middle of middle America, like they're like, "Yo, Trump's the man." You he know gave them mean? hope. Yeah, and they don't they don't know like what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, no I, offense to them, like you know, I'm not going to Russell, WrestleMania. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn, I shade WrestleMania just happened, bro. Yeah, yeah. met life. I dropped off some people that was going to that mm-hmm. shit. Man, <laughs> but I, 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 how, I, I, how were these people? Um. Uh, what do you mean? Like, what were they like? Like these people? You well, the one, the first, oh, honestly, it was two sets of like Indian people for some reason. Okay. I don't, yeah, they were Middle Eastern. They were my little brother went. Gotcha. Okay, but there was also like some people I denied rise to because it was too crazy. Because I do lift on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, it was mostly white people though. Right. I wasn't saying any shade at it. It's just WrestleMania is mainly <laughs> in, the, in, in. No, I know, but it's like a Middle America thing, and that like yeah. Trump kind of took advantage. Like, look at the way he talks. Really simple words. Like every he does everything for a reason. You know, yeah, yeah, right? It's very he lies a lot. Yeah, bro. like it's look bad. at his tax returns. You know, like no, but he won't let us. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You can't see him. Um. Damn. So like, I guess, so you are coherent. You know what's going on in the world. You do pay attention, yeah. but it doesn't affect you like mentally. It doesn't like take you off your game a bit. Like n- make you not want to go and work one day. It doesn't really bother you that much. Nah, not really. Um, yeah, I just you know I'm I'm really focused on on what we're trying to build. So I, I'm lucky that I don't that I don't let that affect me too much. You know. Right. Um, and I really like I like New York so much. So I really focus on like what's going on in New York City. You know. Hmm. So that's like. That's really what I focus on a lot. Like in a dream world, I would love to like I would I wouldn't want to be president and I don't really love politics too much, but I definitely would like to like maybe be the mayor of New York City. Like that's something I'd be interested in, you know? I could see that for some reason. Like I would love to be the mayor of New York, you I know. I feel like, like you'd be very efficient. I think I would be. <laughs> I, I think really if, do. I think I if we asked your your coworkers too, they would say like you're a good boss too. You seem like 
You'd be a, someone easy to really I'm, talk to. I, I can get so much done if I, I'm not a good bad cop, but I'm a good good cop. And then I'm like, <laughs> I have my guy who's like, yo, like you're doing a shitty job. You know right. what I mean? Like that's like how I kind of work. Not, I'm just not into really conflict. You know, I just don't deal with it well. I'm not going to get into a screaming match with someone. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm efficient. I'm more just stating facts. Like, yo, you didn't do this. Like, what's wrong? And I can have a conversation. So I do have empathy with people, you know? How do you feel our current mayor is doing right now? Uh, de Blasio, I think, is not doing an incredible job. I think it's because he's creating so many, um, like, he'll create, he makes it so complicated, I feel like, you know? How do you feel, how, how do you think he handled when he gave the parents the ultimatum, either do this or get faced with a fine for the um, vaccinations in Brooklyn? Okay. Mm. For the measles outbreak, that's um, I mean that's a tough one, you know. I don't. I think I don't think he dealt with it that badly, you know. Like I think they they kind of had to get the vaccination. Like he was looking out for the health of the majority, Maybe, you yes. know. So I think he dealt with it okay. You know, I don't now think... they're suing him. The the parents are backlash and they're suing. Yeah. For his um. And I mean he's running for president too. So. Yeah. yeah. Is he? And then today yes. he banned city Man. workers yeah. for using plastic. You can no order plastic what? You can no longer order plastic forks, spoons, knives, um, cups, plates, nothing. Right. Do you actually order those though, or do you? Well, do? I used to work for the city, so yes, we do order like. Oh, I thought you meant like consumers, like people just like customers. No, no he says he says yeah. soon he's going to privatize it and make it go to restaurants and private yeah. companies. But yeah, today he like said he just no longer, no more plastic. The city city employees or city agencies can no longer order plastic utensils. I heard that. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. I um, I lost my train. He said he wants to be. He wants New York to get the front jump on being more environmentally sound. And he feels that once New York does it, every other state will follow. Mm. Yeah, we have a lot of more bigger issues to deal with. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, like, that's crazy. Do you think like, the rent control is the main issue in New York City? You know, like, For sure. if a fireman or police officer cannot afford to live on the island of Manhattan, mm. there needs to be some legislation to fix that. You know, mm-hmm. so that is a major issue. And the reason that's happened is because when Mr. Bloomberg was mayor. For more than two turns, which he changed up, yes. yeah. Bloomberg, he changed the, the law. his zoning was crazy. He was just zoning New York up for billionaires <clears throat> that he plays golf with. And now, like everyone, now so many tourists and wealthy people from all over the world are just parking cash in Manhattan and using it as a piggy bank. Like, look at these luxury buildings that you see coming up. Yeah, you, these buildings are mainly empty. Like you know, like yeah. Yeah. they're owned by shady people that will probably be there once a year that are just using it as a way to like you know park some cash which i would probably do if i was a billionaire but that's not safe <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah yeah does uh gentrification bother you at all um gentrification doesn't bother me but like the fact that there's you know not legislation in place to help people that have been good tenants in those neighborhoods does bother me you right know? so like, I think it's a double-edged sword a little mm-hmm. bit. With you, but you're from Harlem, you say, yeah. right? So how do you how did you feel about Harlem when you saw the change happening there? Um, I felt the same. I felt pretty much the same way that it's unfair that people who have been paying rent on time for you know decades and decades are being priced out of these homes. You know? But if that wasn't the case, then gentrification wouldn't bother you one bit. No, it wouldn't bother hmm. me because I feel like those people, the good tenants who deserve to be there, would would have some stability and not worry about their shelter. You know, so that's that's what's important. And and no matter what, New York is going to keep getting better and better just because you know 
that's it's just new york it's it's will always be in demand you know yeah would you say you're a confident person um somewhat you know would you say you're a good leader i'd definitely say i'm a good leader just because i lead by example and i definitely take responsibility for you know when i messed up Mm. was that a natural transition i like obama he said that just not (laughs) (laughs) was that like an easy transition to take that leadership role and put that upon yourself um yeah i would say so i was like a quarterback in high school i like created you know stuff all the time in terms of like i started a real estate club at at college you know like i've just kind of been confident to do my own thing you know right like i won't just walk up to any of the hottest chick and just start talking to her all the time you know but like you know i'll say hello (laughs) (laughs) awkwardly but you'll say it yeah yeah, (laughs) i'll say something like you know i'm i'm the person where if there's some no one wants to raise their hand to do it, like I'll probably all right, I'll I'll do it. You know what mm. I mean? Right. Yeah. And yeah, are you the only child too, like them or? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, I'm an only child, but I do have two half siblings, but I didn't like grow up with them. You know, so it's pretty much just the only child. I'm a huge um, advocate for like self reflection and just like you know just knowing who you are. So, can you identify what you're bad at? Hmm. As a leader and as a person that you may may want to work on? Yeah, I'd say like um, kind of stressing myself out about little things. You know, I'm a little bit too much of a perfectionist. Mm. Like sometimes I need to sit back and say, listen, we sold that show out. Stop worrying about like five minutes that an artist had a bad set, you know. So I think it's a double-edged sword. Um, And I think I am sometimes not as aggressive with people as like you kind of have to be in business. You know, like. But I, I think that's, you know, also a double-edged sword. Like, that's kind of just my style. I'm a little more laid back than most, like, people in my industry. But that's kind of who I am. So yeah. I'm not going to just start screaming at someone, you know. Like, I, I see it's effective. But, you know, I think there's other ways of handling it. But there's been situations where I should have gotten more aggressive, you know. Are you working on that? Yeah, definitely. Because de- it's important that I realize these things. If I was sitting here like, uh, uh I don't know what I'm good at, like, that would have been a problem. <laughs> right. Well, what do you say? What would you say is some of your strengths? Say some of my strengths is definitely taking action. You know, like I'll say something and I'll put it into plan that day. You know, like yeah, like if we were talking about an event, I would probably have a venue for us next week. You know what I mean? (laughs) We would make it happen. We can have that conversation. It's no problem. Hundred percent. No problem. I'm excited to build with everyone in this room. Oh Oh, shit! I love it. That's that's really amazing because like I was really inspired as as soon as I went through your page a bit, like I was really inspired because. Again, I'm inspired by people who do things really well that I don't do, and I don't know anyone personally or kind of within arm's reach who's doing what you do. So thank you for starters. Like no it's, it's it's really dope what Young Young Atlas is and will become. Uh, do you have like a set goal or time frame of a of like where you want what Young Atlas to be and what what do you want to like mean to people? Well, yeah, I want I want Young Atlas to pretty much be like something that curates a lot of big experiences it could be festivals concerts what 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 may have you and then have a big platform where we do interviews and mini documentaries so uh, like a smaller version of live nation and vice had like a baby like it would be like (laughs) that's so dope yeah for sure that's that's kind of i kind of see the entertainment space being more 360 where you produce the content and market it and also have a live aspect of it you know yeah i think there's going to be more companies like ours we just you know, we just had the audacity to go for it. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. That, that's that's really cool. And I, I, you've kind of already started it. How many people do you work with per week? Um, I work with tons of people. Like my day today, 
before I came here, I saw two venues. Then I came here, and then I'm seeing another venue after. And I had three meetings before I saw those venues. You know, so like my day is I'm go, constantly go, go. meeting pe- people. That's what I do. I build relationships every day. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. That's important for me because that's that's kind of how you biz dev in like these early stages. So it's you're just lurking on the internet and social media pretty much all day, finding these people and then reaching out to them. Um, finding them. I'm also. I also have a lot of people reaching out to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I also sure. have someone that I pay like $100 a week, and his job is to literally look up artists that have are selling out shows that are up and coming that we should start working with, you know? Right. Because wow. the, 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 the art of A&R is completely lost now, so yes. it's it's interesting to like, yo, maybe we can build with this artist, you know? And like, hmm. start. I want to start promoting, like, I've done a lot of shows, but enough to now say, yeah, we're going to just start promoting these 50 artists exclusively and start growing with them you know Mm. that's where we're at now that's like how we're going to start moving our company in a little bit of a more exclusive direction you know we're we're making content on them we're doing documentaries on them we're doing concerts around them listening parties so really start helping artists and start working with record labels to start having that dialogue with the promoter to say yo i'm actually in the trenches doing these shows you should figure out we should have a dialogue of what you guys need to do to get him more fans so he could get paid to do concerts. You know, it's that simple. Right. And that's that's what all artists want. They want to get paid to do what they love. And that's, you know, perform and make music. That exclusivity kind of seems easier to deal with as opposed to just wait, getting hundreds of emails per week and going through their content. See if it's even worth working with. That seems pretty much easier than just doing. Yeah. I mean, I've learned it the hard way. Ninety five percent of like ninety percent of the people on these bills are only bringing like five or ten people out to a show, and that's mm-hmm. kind of pathetic, you know? Yeah. And they want to get paid, and they have the audacity to be like, yo, I need to get $200 for this performance. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, bro, you should be paying me. This is insane, you know? So <laughs> I want to get those people that are really hustling and working hard and start just working exclusively with them, you know? Hmm. Well, you got one right next to you. I'm just letting you know. No, for sure. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to build. Definitely. Um, Damn. So... uh. So year and a half you've been doing this, Young Alice. Mm-hmm. How has 2019 been going for you so far? It's been going good, man. It's been like, it's been real just productive. Like I've I've kind of gotten in a good flow of like, you know, every day is getting better and better. I'm meeting the right people. I'm starting to really, I built a lot of relationships in 2018 and now we're kind of growing them, you know? Right. Still building new ones, but like, you know, now we're. All right, we've thrown like four or five shows together. We're getting that rapport, you know. I'm working. We're we're doing a lot more content. We're just trying to get really consistent with what we're doing. Did you have any specific goals in mind coming into this year that you wanted to accomplish? Yeah, we're we're doing our first festival in Harlem at the end of August, so I'm excited for that. Nice. Because I I have that was my next question. Like you being from Harlem, excuse me. Are you in? Are you currently thinking about a documentary like as a as a toast to Harlem? Yeah, I definitely am thinking about that. Um, um, I, I think my girlfriend is out here. Go. Yeah, I'll go try to find her. Okay, don't worry. You go ahead. You sure? Yeah, just get my Well, answer. you just asked the question. I don't That's my answer. I'm going to play it back when I come back. Uh, what was your question again? Like you were trying to... The Did you like Miami oh, yeah. Toast to Harlem? Like, do you have anything planned for that in the future? Well, before doing that, we're throwing an event on May 4th at Minton's and Cecil in Harlem which is kind of an upscale like jazz club spot and it's going to be a monthly thing and we're going to have a bunch of business owners, artists and creatives from Harlem 
you know, everyone from Harlem, they always got to, when they want that baller, like, one oak, like, you know, bottles and models experience, right. they always go downtown. So we're trying to just fill that void in Harlem. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're starting on May 4th. And we're going to have an honoree every time we do it from Harlem that we're kind of, like, toasting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. be, like, this is for Dapper Dan or whatever, a mover and shaker, a legend from Harlem right. we're going to do. So we're going to actually cultivate a documentary about that and then have that event at the end of august a festival for it that's like already set in stone you have a date like yeah it's gonna be at jackie robinson park i don't have a date yet but i will have a date in the next couple of weeks i'm meeting with the venue heard you we'll yeah. definitely show up and support I'm definitely popping yeah that sounds dope i appreciate that your girlfriend has arrived yes she has <laughs> hello um damn so like that festival or the documentary and that event sounds really dope what else what goals do you have yourself personally for this year personally um you know, I, I've honestly been work. I was really working on myself a lot of 2018. So I'm really, it's really just mainly like business goals and maybe just to like learn how to like not work like, like <laughs> all, the, all the time, you know, but I like, whatever, I'm in my twenties. Like I can figure that out when I'm like, like late thirties or whatever, you know, right. I still have so much work to do. I think it's healthy, you know, you try to keep a balance of free time and work time. Yeah, I do. I, I try and I try and have a good balance, but you know, luckily like, you know, someone who just walked in the room, I have some good, you know, people to, like, hang out with and not always be working with, you know? Yeah. But have, it's always in my mind, though, you know? I have one last question on my end. Yeah. You you said you want your dream was to be mayor of New York. Yeah. Are you really going to start, like, trying to be a, um, a councilman in your neighborhood? Because you, the way you talk about politics is very cut and dry. I kind of almost want to see it happen in fruition so I can see how New York will react to such a mayor like you, just, like, really logical. Yeah, I think logical politics is the way to go. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> people would argue to me about some forks, and I'd say, all right, what about the subways, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think I'd win that debate. I, I'm not sure. I'm really focused on making the company really successful so I can yeah. self-finance my own campaign so I can there just go, stick yes. to my own, like, values and what I want to like the policies I want to enforce. Mm-hmm. So I'm focused on the company and then, you know, maybe maybe we'll take a step into that, you know? I could see Got it for sure. Vote. That's something very interesting. Appreciate that. Um, is there anyone, like, that you would have loved to work with, like, that you haven't with or you may have the opportunity to work with one day? Like, hmm. anyone specific you could think of? That's a good question. Recently, you know, he's not so famous, but he's a big idol of mine, Jerry Weintraub. He actually created the oceans movies the recent ones oh, he was the first guy to take elvis on tour like he's kind of an old school legend i always kind of wanted to work with him hmm. but he recently passed away hmm. um and someone i do want to work with is probably is really probably michael rapino from live nation i'd love to maybe talk to him about building something for more of the independent like artists you know out there right you know and there's such a void that needs to be filled with that your company seems like so selfless like did you have any personal goals of being like a podcaster an artist like you seem like you're just doing it for the other people like yeah i mean i i I definitely am a businessman i want to definitely make a lot of money with the company but you know i feel like all my friends and everyone i was growing they all either want to just have boring corporate jobs or they want to like be artists you know and I, which i respect but i i was like yo there's I, I think i should just be a businessman that's always that's really just what i wanted to do hmm. my goal was always just to build a successful company you know and just to be able to let the business flow while you're at home sleep exactly <laughs> okay. i think that's cool though like you settled into what you want to do in the role you want to play yeah. exactly there are a lot of people who are artists that 
probably shouldn't be artists. Not to say nobody shouldn't. <laughs> no, I mean, not to be an asshole, but it's like there are some people where it's you just like, like there's some people that, you know, probably should have paid attention to a different aspect of that industry and they probably could have excelled, but instead mm. they were pursuing something that might not have been for them. Exactly. I no, think that's, com- you should listen to And just because it was cool, no, they, they, they exactly. just wanted the, the fame instead of, yes. that was their real passion. I feel like them. if you're an artist and you're doing it for the love of the art, nobody can tell you nothing. But if you're an artist and you're doing it because you're trying to get famous and you're trying to get money, like there's a lot of other ways you can do that. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. I respect people who believe in their truth and, you know, they play their roles. For sure. And, like, being an entrepreneur is, like, cool now. And it's, like, there's nothing really cool about it. Because it's hard work. Yeah, it's It's mad hard. It's really hard. It's stressful. You're, like, pissed off all the time, you know, so. By yourself all the time. By yourself all the time. It's a lonely-ass journey, you know. You're getting knocked down every day. But, you know, that's why certain people, like, make it, you know. Mm -hmm. That's why so many people quit. If it was easy. Everybody would do it. Everybody would do it. Have you almost quit? Um, No. Not once. Not once. No, and I've had some tough days. Like I've lost a lot of money. You know. Yeah. Like I take I've I we rented out what's that place Starland Ballroom. You know that venue Who's in that? Jersey. Starland okay. Ballroom, I think, is Starling? Starland. 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 What, what what city? It's it's like near New Brunswick, I think, and okay. Rutgers. But it's like okay. a I rented it out when I was younger, with a company I was working with, and. Ten people showed up. It's like a five thousand capacity place. Oh, like, man. Huge hit. Like I looked like a moron. You know. Like I was like, yo, if I don't, it's only going up from here. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's optimistic yeah, yeah. as hell. Right, right. I would have been sick. Yo, I was that's, sick. That's I was hard throwing to, up. That's I was hard sober to digest. Too. <laughs> that's hard to digest. Yeah, it was crazy. Big learning lesson. So like, wow. you got to fail your way to success, man. Roll with the punches. I, I like that. that. Fail your way to success, people. You have to. Wow. Do you handle criticism well? Do you get any criticism? Like, I mean, you have a large social media following, so there might be interviews sometimes you put out. Someone might say it's trash. Like, do you mm. see those comments? Do you pay attention to any criticism? Um, yeah, I, I I don't really listen to those comments, but like, it depends who's giving me the criticism. Because like, you know, if you know about my business and about me, then of course I will take that criticism and listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. you you kind of have to if you want to be a leader and mm-hmm. you know just be more efficient with what you do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And have you worked with anyone like that you don't work with anymore that like kind of gave you a chip on your shoulder a bit like they didn't really believe in your your vision hmm. that you kind of want to shit on? Yeah, I mean there was a promoter that <laughs> there was a promoter I I worked with and he like he just stole a lot of money from me from this deal like a, you know he had an Eventbrite and he just never gave me the ticket money and just disappeared. Wow. You know? And, um, you know, I just want to kind of show him, like, you know, after he did that, I sold out SOBs by myself the next three shows. So, like, that helped. Mm. I just use it as motivation. Just That's put it as gas gas in the tank, you know? You're competitive? Yeah, very competitive. <laughs> He's an athlete. You already know. Oh, yeah, quarterback. Athlete, quarterback, yeah. yeah Definitely competitive. competitive. What's your sign? I'm a Libra. Same. Oh, okay, but. Yeah. Same. What you got? Some shit to say about the Libras nah, on the side of the table? I just wanted to know. Y'all, 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 y'all Leos? Are you a September Libra or September Libra? I knew that. I knew that much because I was hoping you was a Virgo. I was disappointed when you said Libra, but it's okay. It's September. It's September Libra. It's okay. September Libras. I'm, a, I'm what, what's, October Libra. What's the so. difference? <laughs> oh, he said, "What's that up?" That means you still. That means that's the Virgo that's really charging you to be as strong and determined as you are. Oh, okay. All right. I'm learning to like get into like a competitive state because I'm just so focused on what I'm doing. I don't really pay attention 
to comp- like I'm not into in it to compete. I'm in it to collaborate and network, and we all grow together. You know, mm-hmm. so it's interesting that you're competitive. You're not really well. I, I comp- I'm competitive in like a in a good way. Just like you know, if we're working together, like you know. I'm going to just work harder than you and I'm going to get more done. And that's, that's it. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just, that's just it. And, and if you do work harder than me and get more done, then that's great. Let's keep working, you know? Right. I fuck with that. That's sure. how you got to be. can like motivate each other to like yeah. get to the next step a little quicker sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And efficiently, because it's not about being quick, it's about being efficient. Like too. If you have yeah. a business partner who's like, all right, I want to leave the, I want to leave the office. And then the other business partner says, yeah, let's just stay one more hour and get a couple more things done. That's someone you want to keep working with, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like you need to push each other. It's weird though, like um, you deal with a lot of people and you deal with people exclusively like... Do you fear of things? You don't ever fear of things going left and their career might be in jeopardy. Yours might. Like, you don't ever have these negative. Maybe I'm just a negative person. I think about the worst a lot. But I feel like you got to acknowledge. I feel like you got to kind of acknowledge that and know it's a possibility ability to kind of work past it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an option, but I've just done so much for the people I work with that if they do that, whatever. Like, you know, it is what it is. I got to just keep. You know, there's a bigger picture and bigger goals that I'm trying to accomplish. So I, I can't, like, I don't even think about that stuff, honestly. You think it's just a distraction, really? Yeah. Like, well, there's, you know, I've got so many problems and fires to put out all day. Like, I got, I, I just don't, I can't, I can't think about that, you know? Right. Like, if it happens, it happens, then we'll deal with it. Well, yeah, when it pops up. Yeah, when it pops that up. bridge you know? when you come to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's my mentality. I, I think like too once much. You start going on your well, own, you have to leave room for, for, for like you have to leave room for a little disappointment, a setback, yeah. or somebody just fucking up their job. Yeah, you have to expect that. Like it's being a realist. Yeah, like I, we're, we're organizing this artist showcase. Like I put certain deadlines in a certain place because I know people won't meet those deadlines, so I have a cushion so I could extend them. You right. know what I mean? Like you know, oh, well. people are gonna bullshit. But you know what it is like when you're so passionate about something, you care so much about it. It's like. You gotta acknowledge like the the dark parts of like your progression, mm. right? Yeah. So just out of protection, just to not really get affected by it. And I wanted to say, I don't think you're a negative person. I think you're a pessimist. And there's a difference between being a pessimist and being negative. Like you think about the consequences, and you think about what can go wrong. So what you'll do is prepare yourself so they don't go wrong. That's not a bad thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Being negative is like, man, this shit ain't going to work no matter what I do. Right. Like, that's not your mentality. You're a pessimist and it's just two different spectrums. And being an optimist, we're looking more at the reward and that's what motivates us to plan. Hmm. So it's just a difference in personality. You're not negative. Thank you, CR. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you for that <laughs> therapy session right quick. No problem. <laughs> I was fast, Jersey City psychology degree. Hello. There you go. Right. <laughs> So let's let's say tomorrow Young Atlas has blue checks on social media on every platform. Is there anyone in particular you would reach out to collaborate with immediately? I mean, I kind of ask who your influences are, but like... Yeah, we probably want to work with like Netflix and start producing our own content for them, you know, or one of those big networks that has a big platform and start Hmm. producing our own exclusive content, make some type of deal with, you know, any big platform. That would be definitely the move. Maybe Vice, HBO, whatever, you know, like... For sure. Just get our own network deal. Like that would be... And some financing behind it to, to, you know, to move forward and start producing more content. Is there types of content that you want to create that you haven't done yet? Like any type of like scripted things or sitcom, any type like that? Um, I, I would rather work. I know a lot of like writers and directors. So I'd rather be on the financing business side and like, you know, make their dreams a reality, you know, like and because I know they're good at it. But I think I would be good at. And then in terms of our own content, more documentary style, because I think. 
and mini documentary style like we've been doing right on like different entrepreneurs and different movers and shakers that are in new york i think that type of content is really getting a lot of views excuse me i'm waiting for your documentary man i ain't gonna lie man i I feel like there's more to your story than you let on today definitely you'll have to stay (laughs) tuned you got to keep them guessing well we're still here we still still got time left i'm just like this is just like i don't know maybe because i am a pessimist like you said i'm just not i'm so fascinated by people who just have this 100 percent confidence in themselves like did you always have this like there's always this this vision like i guess so like i kind of like could i i think like she was saying like so like efficiently and logically that it's like all right i can i all right i got this you could think of a plan right and i'll think of an actual blueprint of how to get there you know so if i because i'm thinking so tactically i mm-hmm. think it's just like more like this is what we got to do to execute i don't yeah. think it's so much confidence i think it's more like logical thinking you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah like, all right, I can build a big company. What can I do right now to make money? All right, I can throw events. What eventually do I want to do? Sell out arena. All right, so we'll make enough money so we can invest in a concert at that level, you know? Yeah. So I can see the steps of where I need to go. So that's what, that's really what it is. Do you put your belief in any type of higher power or spiritual being, anything like that? Really just treating people the way I'd want to be treated. That's really it, you know? Just mm. keep it simple like that. It's a good motto. For sure. The golden rule. Yeah, just yeah. stay stick by the golden rule, and that's really it. So you like you're not really like a religious person or anything like that? Um, not really. No, gotcha. Not really a religious person, you know. But I think religion definitely has a lot of good values, and I think it's important. The, but for me, I never was really grown grew up that way. But I was always just grew up, you know, treat people the right way, and that, that's really it. So I think it's a good simple rule. Spoken like a true billionaire. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> right? You know, right? Um. I guess like one of the hot, I guess not a hot topic, but like Nipsey Hussle, like they did his funeral today. Did did his death affect your conscience in any way? Oh, definitely. Nipsey was, you know, it's crazy. I'm still, it's still not like sinking in, but like, um, he's someone that was just really on that independent mindset. And he said some things that really resonated with me. Like the difference between some other artists that didn't make it is me is I just never quit. And like, that's something I always kind of believed in before he said it. Like when I was watching some of the videos and stuff. Right. Yeah, he's just someone who's created a real blueprint for the independent, like, music game, you know? Do you believe, like, there's, like, some type of, like, government plot or, like, any type of conspiracies going on around his death? And just in general in the world, like, do you believe in those type of things? Um, I try not to, just mm-hmm. so I can sleep better at night, you know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> The <Yeah>. logics. <laughs> Who do you listen to as far as, like, music? Like, who you? Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of old school music. Like, if okay. it's, like, all right, I'm not, if I'm, like, just getting out the office, I might put on some, like, Phil Collins or something. But if I'm going to the office, I'll probably put on some Gucci Mane or, like, Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, Kodak? Yeah, I'll put on some trap music. Just, oh, like, nah. you know, th- my getting well, money why music. does Kodak have to be canceled? Because he said something that... I don't think he should he be. Was, was he... Didn't he sexually assault someone? Is okay, he on, is he on is trial for that? Can I, can I finish? Y'all, y'all wasn't saying that a few, a few weeks ago. Who wasn't Nobody, Maybe not you, but the public, as we know, was not crucifying Kodak because of those charges, but because he's one of the few people who stupidly says something publicly that other people have probably have said privately, he has to get crucified for it? Well, I guess going back to the discussion we had about cancel culture, like it is like kind of like, like a plague he, right now. Yeah, it's... Definitely is, but I just don't feel like we have to. If you're gonna cancel Kodak, cancel him for his rape charges, but not because mm-hmm. he said like, "Oh, I would love to wife up Lauren now that she's single." I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the game said the same thing in the most notorious, like when nobody was watching. 
Well, I think yeah. T.I. reached out to him and was like, okay, not that I forgive you, but let me talk to you and explain why you dumb saying that dumb shit. That's what I, I just today. feel like was he dumb? Was it was it dumb for it to be publicly recorded and put out there? Yes, but I yeah. just think a lot of them all said the same thing in private. So it's just like yeah. stop sitting here pointing your finger because there's three more pointing back at you. Well, I've just Canceling never met. For that's culture. Kodak too. Like that's just yeah. how he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just it's not like that surprised me. I've just never met anyone who's like a fan of his music. Like, yeah, personally. I, I his personally music. like his music. I love yeah. it. I think he's really no flocking. That was the best yeah, thing yeah. ever. He has like come on. He has talent. Like I can't, you cannot take away these young artists' talent just because you may not agree with their lifestyle and how they do things. They grew up a little different. I think they struggle is way different than like again. They were fourteen, fifteen, literally watching their friends die in front of them, hustling for no reason. Whereas, yes, I grew up in New York. I grew up in the hood, but I still was very blessed in many ways. I think my issue with him is like I guess what he said about Lauren London and whatever in reference to that, like. He just doesn't know better. Like when you mm. get to a certain point, you just have to. I think you should just know and be aware of what you're saying and realize that you are on a bigger platform. You I will get attention. Think it's about him not knowing better. I just think it, it shouldn't have been publicly recorded and put out there. I think that's the same conversation many men have had since Nippy since Nipsey has passed away. Rest in peace, Nip. Yeah. It's just that people are just not dumb enough to say it like the way he did it and put it out there on a public platform. Right. But I do think that conversation was had by many in private. I I, I mean, I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's reality. Like, that's just real. Like, Lauren Welcome is back. bad. Like, that's just the reality exactly the situation. She's a beautiful woman. So, there's a lot of people who's always going to be, you're going to be attracted to Lauren. Like, five years from now, you're going to be attracted to Lauren. Right. So, you mean to tell me every man should stay away because she was once Nip- Nipsey's lover? No, but I'm talking about just so... In terms of like timing, like he should be self aware enough that it just that it just happened. But like he said, a, he didn't he didn't put it out there. It was recorded and put out there. No, it wasn't. It was on his Instagram live. He was we, it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's no. I did say I said it shouldn't have been publicly put out there. He oh. was stupid stupid enough to put it out there publicly. But I thought somebody recorded this conversation it of him talking was had so privately. Awareness, I'm yo, sure. Realize what the fuck you're doing. Like realize the power of your platform. Realize that what you say matters to some. But people. we need to stop giving artists a platform because some artists are not out here to have a platform. They're out here just to create their music and share it with the world. Yeah, people like you know these these you're you're, He's not you're a there to listen. Artist. You're there to listen to his music. You're not there to get like life advice from Kodak yeah. Black. Exactly. You know? Like no offense to him. He motivates. You to do other things right like, and like he's yeah. not a nipsey hustle like nipsey hustle you're someone yes. he's a yeah. role model like yes. no offense to kodak black he's not you know yeah mm-hmm. was there is there would you where do you draw the line about who you work with like would you work with someone like kodak who's getting all the scrutiny and just negativity in the press um it's a it depends on how charges we could, and all on that how we could spin it you know <laughs> if it makes mm-hmm. sense like we'll do it you know what i mean if it's just mm-hmm. a show like we'll do it um yeah, it really just has to make sense. That's really what it is, you know? Like, I, as she said, I, I just think about it logically. If it makes sense, we'll do it. If not, you know, we'll pass. I have a question for you, though. His rape charges, is it, what's the terms? Is it statutory rape? Did he, like, literally force somebody to have sex with him? Like, what are the rape charges? I don't know specifically the charges, but I know he's on trial for it currently. And I How think old he is Kodak? He's young. He's like he's definitely not he's more like, than older than twenty three. Yeah, yeah, he's like twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what I'm saying. He just don't know better, and he's just doing these things. Saying I gotta look that up. I wonder if it's statutory or if he's like forced somebody to have. Some he's time. from an area where it's incredible that he even got out. You know, like right. so, like you know, you can't expect like you know. I'm not saying you, you not saying he, you can't like say anything's wrong, but Kodak for. is. He's from a tough area, like you know, like tough, yeah. tough area. Patient. This yeah. is a lot with Kodak. I don't, I don't think he's. I mean, I don't think he's. I don't want to say he's not intelligent, but I just don't think he's aware. 
of what he's doing and how the There's power of his platform of, yet. Look, yeah. I always say, like, you I think he's be, aware. I yeah, think I we're say, talking about Kodak Black aware, right yeah, now. Yeah, he's you know? aware. He's, he's, that was a PR play. What? Yeah, I think you have was. to listen to him when yeah. he talks. Like, he he's, he's not doing. a dumb guy. And that's guy. a dirty game. I don't want to get in that business. If someone's literally is, saying something disrespectful like that just to get attention. But this like, is the era that we're in. This is a very dirty game because you have a lot of people, like you have social media influencers who don't even believe half the stuff they're selling you. Mm, but it's just to get a check. We uh. did talk about that. People using mental health as a promotion tactic. Yeah, a lot so of people are doing like, that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the flavor of the month right now, mental health. Yeah, yeah. it's a trend. And spiritual guidance. And the next flavor is going to be like buy back the block, and then next year people are going to forget to put back into the community, uh, into the community, or help the little boy down the block get an ice cream cone because it's hot outside, and he's just saying, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It's it's more than just being what they tell you to be. It starts with if you see somebody in the street and they don't have it, and they be like, oh, can I have a dollar? Are you going to give him a dollar, or are you going to be like, oh no, nigga, go get it yourself? Mm. Right. So, so you said if you would work with someone if it makes sense. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, does it if it makes sense for you contractually, or if someone literally did something completely wrong that you personally may not agree with, but if it makes sense for you contractually, you would work with them. Well, like, let's say for example, this Kodak Black situation. If it was like simply, you know, Kodak needs, we want to go fifty fifty with the venue to put on a Kodak show, you know, for his fans in New York. Right. I don't see anything wrong with that, you know. That's providing a pl- that's providing his fans with an experience. So and we can make some money, you know what I mean? If it's like, all right, we want to have Kodak as one of like our investors into our company, like that would be a different story or like, you know what I mean? It, that's what I meant if it makes sense. If it's more like situational. Right. So let's say if there is a situation, but there's something that they've done that you personally don't agree with. You was the founder, you was the curator of this event. Yeah. Would you work with them? Um that just there's just so many variables of like that question, you know what I mean? Like it can be a big situation or it could be really small. Like if it's just like putting on a show and it's really a one time thing, yes. If it's more like we have to build a business relationship together, probably not, you know? Hmm. That's like after Chris brought Rihanna, Puffy still worked with Chris. Mm-hmm. Jay right. was like the only one who pretty like shunned him in a sense. Yeah. But a lot of artists still work with Chris. I just maybe I'm too emotional for it to be a businessman because I just feel like if there's someone who some, does something that I genuinely don't believe with, I I don't even want you around. I want to see you, you know. Yeah. But I don't think that's smart, especially if I, have a, if I have a company like you're trying to like you have your workers right who need checks too. Yeah, the bottom line so, is is the health of the company, you know, yeah, yeah. not necessarily the morals and and all of it, you know. Like we're not going to put <laughs> ourselves and jeopardize our integrity, but we're still in this to make money. It's still a business, you know. So, you like Jay Z, right? I do. You you know, like a lot of his um, first documentaries, Harvey Weinstein backs them. Yeah, Oprah's been Damon in bed Dash. with Harvey a yeah. long time. So it's just like, you have to play the game sometimes. It's not about mm-hmm. you agreeing and necessarily what they do. It's just about it's business. And I always told you there's a dark side to everybody. Everybody. There's just right. some of them is in the light and some of them isn't. So it's just like, you know. Yeah, I guess. And this is this is something you want. Like you're you're working towards the industry. So I say this to tell you now. Like you got to start thickening your skin mm-hmm. and being like you know what. Put your blinders on and th- be logical about it, and don't put your emotions into it. Some things I just feel you just can't. You just can't deny something. Some things that are just and, so you know, wrong. That's... You know what I mean? But I, f- I feel you. I understand what everybody's saying. Uh, speaking of Oprah, did y'all see like the like the the people? I, t- I told you, didn't I tell The people you? who worked on the Neverland documentary, like didn't they they got you? rid of it. Oprah deleted all the interviews. Did you check into that when it was kind of? 
relevant. I think I saw my mom watching it. I, I didn't really see <laughs> it. No, the Leaving Neverland documentary. And no, I, I knew what it was about. It seemed a little dark for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, what, what happened with, with her taking the videos down? Well, it found out the people involved in that were just full of shit. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, you see, I, I told you. That's I told crazy. That's crazy. I, I told like you that. that. That's insane. I that... said we're not doing this to Michael. So they were Everybody just a BS, like, like whole... Yeah, like it to Michael. The, so. one of the, the the people involved, the victims, they they were kind of foolish in terms of the timing and when certain things happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were so adamant on that 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 bullshit ass picture about his genitals, but it's okay. And you know, mm-hmm. Michael, sorry, Mike. Michael Jackson is a kid who had zero childhood. Exactly. You expect this guy to be normal, you know? Like, right? I, I mean, I'm not Stop saying I'm, I'm not I'm not giving <laughs> an excuse for what he did or if he didn't do anything, but like you know, he's he grew up way differently than most people. Yeah. Yeah, he had zero child. He had, He's zero childhood. Yeah, you know? he was. Uh, he didn't he know. Was a child to... performer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's that's oh, some you, sick shit. The youngest oh, of Jackson Five singing. They literally. You notice that all the child performances are a little dingy, like Bow all Wow, Justin Bieber. I love Justin. He's, I love he's, Justin. He came a long way. He came such a long way. Except for Romeo. I feel like Romeo just stay on point because Master P is a different type of father. Like he's a good dad. And Scooter Braun is a great influence over Justin. Probably like Scooter's a good guy. Um, yeah, Master P is a legend. Yeah, no, it's it's who they're around. You know, yes. I agree. Yeah. Influences. Influences. Yeah. That child's fame can be people. crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially if like you have you know if your parents is not mm-hmm. being parents and they just want the money too. Like, and I and yeah. I I really feel you on that because I remember when Justin Bieber. I think it was at one when you his the parents VMAs. was young too. So yeah, it was, it, it was like a whirlwind for them too. Everybody was experiencing the same thing at the same time on the same level mentally like yeah and i remember he he was basically apologizing to everybody for his behavior he said the realest shit and i really felt for him he was like i wasn't prepared for this life you know what i mean like i'm like 15 16 i'm i'm a millionaire like yeah i'm wilding out like how many people everybody in the world didn't wild out when they were teenagers you know what i'm saying the only difference is that he's a celebrity and it's magnified and he has more money to do it i mean look at look at every look at every like situation where people come into immediate wealth and how crazy it gets Mm -hmm. athletes they go broke all the time entertainers they go broke because it's not like they're building a business and understanding how and it takes years like they're just getting it they're like hitting the lottery yeah Yeah. so it's not it's not again it's not with human nature for them to like be able to handle all that it's not it's not i think 77 percent of nfl players go broke after three years in the nfl wow you know like that's sad it's sad that's what inspired Jay-Z that's why they need to get paid in the ncaa man like you know that's a I topic agree with sure, that. that's I a huge topic all day with. They, they 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 definitely need to start playing these college players bro because look at how much money they're making for these so schools. much money so much money yo. so they start paying the college players will that would that make people want to go pro maybe that's why they don't do it because pro mm-hmm. is big business no, NCAA is bigger business. The NCAA, NCAA yeah. makes more money than NFL and NBA combined. I think. They just use mm. education to keep you like free labor in a sense. Yeah, when they're making hundreds of millions of dollars off their merchandise and stuff, and selling their jerseys. There's there was wow. a kid at Baylor. He's you know D one. The school's making millions and billions of dollars off of the football player, and this kid, and he's on the football team, and he's homeless, and does and going couch to couch like that's. Yeah. And they actually kicked him off the team because he accepted a thousand dollars from a family to help him out. You know, wow. that's so fucked up. Like, no. That is insane no. to me. That's what okay, Two yeah. Chain song, um, NCAA on his own on his album. That's what he was talking about. 
Like he was talking about, like you know, what I'm saying, like basketball players, like I could go, I could be an MVP, but down, like I mean, down matter, y'all still not gonna feed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, right. so then definitely pay them kids. Yeah, for sure. And you're playing a sport where you don't know if it's your last game or not. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. just mad. You're putting, yo, it's so much that goes into it. They just treat them like cattle. For Straight sure. up. For sure. I mean, I'm not really in tune with sports, but I believe everything you guys are saying. Uh, <laughs> I saw, like, the whole controversy with, with, like, Zion and the shoe and stuff like that. And, like, he's about to, like, probably get to get, get a Nike deal from that. So, oh, yeah. maybe that would be the first stepping stone to, towards change and paying these kids. Everybody working together, even the, the, the shoe companies. Right. I have a question for everybody in the room, though. I'm curious what everybody's definition of the American dream is. And mm. has it changed for you as you've grown in success? I mean, whoever wants to start can start. But I'm just going to make mine quick. I've never had a real definition of the American dream. I do not believe in the American dream. I did not grow up thinking that my only thing in life was to reach for the American dream. That was just never a part of my household. My mother has never spoke about an American dream. There's no such thing. Hmm. It was adver- advertised to me as a kid as like the white picket fence, of the big house. But the as I've gotten job, older, it's yeah, the good retirement plan. That's not happiness to me. 401K. The four hundred one k, the four hundred one k, and literally just having a conversation outside before you came about that. Um, yeah, like as I've become more creative and started doing my own thing, my definition of American dream is what I, the reality I measure for myself. You know, uh-huh. not what's advertised to me throughout the years I've been alive. You know. Uh-huh. Coco, do you have a definition? No, no, never, never worried about the American dream. Yeah, just worried just about what my dreams were and trying to interpret that, and that's what I'm still doing. So, <laughs> um, kind of a blend between your answer and her answer. Like, I feel like a dream is a dream. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, um, like it's a, it's a, it's not a destination. It's a journey. You know what I'm saying? I feel like whatever that American dream or whatever that dream is, it's not something that once you get it, you're like, okay, I'm done dreaming. Like, that's not life. You know what I'm saying? So for me, as long as I'm perpetuating um, the life that I want to live, like, freedom to me is just literally doing what I want when I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people. There's some people with a lot of money and no time and some people with a lot of time and no, no money. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I want to have a lot of money and a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's real freedom. You know what I'm saying? Balance. Yeah, I want balance. I want my life to mean something. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of variables that go into what's the American dream. To me, it's not a destination. It's a journey because we're forever chasing. And you should, that's, I think, what life is about. You should always have something you're chasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should never be complacent. You should never be stagnant. Right. Agreed. I like that. I mean, I actually, I, I kind of believe a little bit in the American dream in terms of, you know, I think it's a place for certain people. I don't think. I think the American mm. dream is a myth to a lot of people, like mm. it's based on where you're from and where you're born and you're educational. I think social mobility in America is a big issue right now. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are blessed, like, you know, having a vision and a dream and actually, you know, putting your vision and or dream into reality is the American dream and making sure your kid's life is better than how you lived. Yes. I think that's how I look at the American dream. Like, all right, I grew up like this and my kids are going to grow up like that. You know what I mean? Like, right making it better for the next generation yeah and i think that's what it was but now it's a lot more difficult in america you know if you look the one percent are starting to own more and more wealth in america it's getting kind of crazy mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of interesting there's this documentary i think called 744 park avenue that really dives di- deep into that like you know whole myth of the american mm-hmm. dream right you know 
I wonder whether I even I don't even know where I got that idea in my head as a kid, wow. like the white picket fence, the big house. That, is the American, that was the American yeah. dream. But where did that start? It started right. the, in the yeah. late forties, early fifties, when they it, started building suburbs and shit. Yeah, that yeah. was like the the quote unquote middle class. I mean, you made it. You that know? was the advertising right. scheme. They yeah. developed that whole scheme to get people to move into those areas and you know assimilate and get into these jobs and you know. And I feel like that societal version of the American dream is the hamster in the wheel. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that way you stay in that position in society. They keep, you know what I'm saying? They want right. you to stay at that level, that medium. They want you to be too low or too high because they Maybe need people in the it. middle. You know what I'm saying? So they, I think, I don't know, it sounds like conspiracy theory, but they kind of set up this like matrix. You know what I'm saying? They, they created this matrix where you think you're actually, you know, you're, you're being successful and you're living a great life, but you're really barely touching the potential of what your existence could be. Right. And, um, they've, they've created it in a way where people are completely complacent with the everyday regular, and and not not for nothing, you know, if that's personally what you're okay with, you're okay with doing the same thing every day for the next 30 years. Like, there's some people that are okay with that. We do need workers. We do need people who are okay with you that. You need Indians. Everybody can. I need oh <laughs> this is that. Why I love, you that's shout them out, how, though, specifically? <laughs> no, I don't listen. This is my theory. Like, this is how I like to say it. You have chiefs and you have Indians. Everybody can be a chief. Yeah. Hmm. You got to have people who want to do the work. Yeah. Right. Get the agriculture going, you know, get the, make sure the soil is good. And that's all right, because there's some people who find meaning in that. You yes. know what I'm saying? For them, it's subjective. For sure. This country isn't designed to, it isn't really like, it wasn't built for us, people who look like us, to win. Uh, as you've grown and you've ascended to, like, the business mind like or business, like, environment, have you experienced any, like, maybe, I guess, slight or just ignored? Have you been ignored because, of, like, your your skin color? Have you put up with any, like, racism like that? Yeah, I've had to put up with racism all the time, you know? Like especially in high school and stuff like that. Um, and then in business a lot, like, you know, a lot of, especially in the nightclub business, it's very like, you know, once they have a quote unquote urban or black party, like the club's not hot anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it gets crazy. Like I've lost club deals because I brought more, a majority black crowd to the club and the the party made a lot of money there were no issues it was like a good crowd it was just happened to be black and then i've been been to that club a week later it's a bunch of underage white people they're throwing up in the corners and whatnot and like that party exists and it's fine you know right so in the night the nightlife business in new york city is insanely racist you know but that's just like you know that's just part part of the business i'm in you know but um that's why I'm trying to cultivate more of an experience for like the people from Harlem that are younger, black professionals, creatives, whatnot. Make an eclectic group of where we're accepted and where we can grow with each other. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, t- every day you gotta you know take that negative and turn it into a positive. You know, that's that's how you gotta live your life if you're an entrepreneur. You know, and these moments of like racism or negativity don't really affect. They maybe affect you a little bit or not at all. Do you easy to, can you easily brush them off? I can easily brush them off. I've been dealing with it my whole life, you know? So, like, you know, I'm just used to – sadly, I'm used to racism, hmm. you know? Like, oh, that guy's racist, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm going to lunch, you know? I definitely, <laughs> like, can relate to that because I grew up in, like, the black suburbs. But there was also, like – all right, so Roselle and Roselle Park. Roselle is, like, you know, the black suburbs. And then Roselle Park, you know, was more, like, white people, mm-hmm. upper yeah. class or whatever. But, you know, we would often run into each other all the time, especially if you went to the county college at UCC. So it was just, like, I have that same mentality. It's, like, I can tell when somebody's prejudiced or racist. And 
you know, I might not like you, but I don't let it stop me from doing what I got to do. It's like, all right, you don't fuck with me, fuck you. you yeah, know you're, you're going like, to let an asshole affect your day. You know, yeah, like, exactly. And let them win. You know, screw that. You is know? the balance of the world strictly to just yin and yang? Or were there, were there, do you think there will ever be a time where it could strictly be just positive and yin? And Never. I don't. You need yin and yang. You need I don't think balance. Ever not in terms of like everyone's always happy every day, but in terms of that hate, in terms of racism, could that ever be eliminated? Hate and racism fuse and makes generations of different leaders. Right. Yeah, and people need to spread. And and as as long as money is around, there's going to be that. Because yes. you know, at the end of the day, people create these ideologies and propaganda to you know to, to make to, money yeah. for sure yeah. and push their own agendas yeah, of their exactly. own greed. So it's just like you know, we need no matter what, it's always going to be a yin and yang, the black and the white, and the holes in between to make everything work. And like we said before, if it wasn't skin color, it'd be something else. Yeah. Right. Like, it's always going to be something. And I always want to say, sometimes it's not really skin color today. It really is rich and poor, and it just so happens we're poor. We're on the poor Mm -hmm. side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But it really is rich and poor. Hmm. I still think color is is prevalent for the older generations. Like, because, like, I've definitely dealt with that. It's always been, yes, it's still color, but it's always been based around money, though. Yeah. They'll more tolerate you if you have money in your black, but they'll still. No, I don't mean it like that. I Mm. mean it like, when we say black and white, is rich and poor. White people are the ones who have money, even though black people are the one making them the money this whole time from slavery and everything. Because white people almost died in America because they had no food. Mm-hmm. There was no crops. There was no anything. Yeah, and, and, and they was bringing people over to help save them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think there's a little bit of a stigma with the way blacks um, kind of. I don't think they help each other out. they this yes. race as much as like. Look at the. Have you ever been to a Jewish community? Yes. In group group yes. economics, yes. bro. Yeah, it's just like the group ep- economics in the African American community is not it's, as it's dead. No. It's, you know, there you go to. It's a completely black neighborhood. We don't own one bodega or one corner store because they're yes. still mentally in chains. Yeah, yes. exactly. So. There's, There's still so crabs in the barrel. It's just like when you see somebody doing better, it's just like instead of just congr- congratulating or supporting and wanting to support, ask them like, hey, how can I do this too? Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, well, look at that bit. Even with people with African-Americans who are at the part of the Joneses, they kind of give you the, they look down on the people who are not at the Joneses. I was about to say. They're part of the mental They try to suck too. They don't want to like look back and pass you the baton. It's just like, oh no, I did it on my own. Go do it on your own. Exactly. It's like that. So it's, it's just like no, that. it's something we have to like break through, and hopefully, with the death of Nipsey and everything, people start really paying attention to the message that that he said that everybody has been saying for generations, for years, that it finally starts to click. And it's so crazy how effective that psychological warfare has been on, on our yes. people. Yeah. It's really like div- uh, divide and conquer, and I hate we, that that we don't realize that. Once we get the wealth, then it's then then we'll see what, if it's really about. Because it's really rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Once we start making the money, we can start changing things for ourselves. Yeah, we have to. But I think but as people we, we stop, don't band. people really focus on themselves. They don't really want to reach out because of like an ego thing. Yeah. Like you get like this type of power trip when you get. But you was when conditioned you send, to think that way from the house nigger to the, the outside yeah, nigger. Like right. it's been they conditioned them for, yeah, a reason. for a reason. Been so you can, so they can create that, that conflict between the house nigger yeah, and the that family. I'm better than you. Yeah. 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 And that's and, why we always have this constant battle and competition of i am better than you right that's and why it's i arbitrary. love like it's anytime i can talk to some other people from my skin color in a room like this it's an, it's an amazing thing to me so like yeah. that's why I'm, i was so happy to you know talk with you guys and learn more about what you got going on because this is what we need to do more of you know? i agree just more dialogue and less more ego dialogue. yeah, yeah. Like, yes. that's the I, I, a collective like ego death around the world i think would be a great start to the progression of the planet because ego is a very 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 dangerous thing mm. Um, 
Ego is lovely because ego is good when it's when you have your ego in check. You got to sure. check your ego. There's a time and a place for your ego. Like, there's like you know, when you say, well, how do you have the confidence? Tell your ego to come out and be like, nigga, you better get confident. You are the man. You are this. That's what you need your ego to come in and check you and make you feel like that, 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 that. Right. And there's a time where you need to tell your ego, like, listen, this I need to learn now. Not to boast. So controlling your ego is more yeah. It's about controlling your ego because you cannot get, you use. cannot get rid of your ego. Your ego is a part of you. Your ego helps you too. Yeah, it can help you or hurt you. It's up to you. Right. I agree with that. Sometimes you just gotta let it all hang. You know. <laughs> Why you put the rapper voice on right quick though? <laughs> what? This isn't a track. How? This is not the remix. Against his rapper right. voice. Right. I didn't no, even because, realize. I just no. be talking. I hate the rapper I voice because you don't keep the same energy. Like what? You put on a voice. I don't. This is how keep the rapper sound different to you. I didn't pick it up. Exactly. No, because no, yeah. I know you. you <laughs> I heard your raps. You keep you turn the rapper voice on like a light switch, bro. Just Yo, keep it on the entire style. interview so or turn it off. <laughs> don't do that. So don't don't look making me out like I'm the bad person. You like I'm crazy. Hated. He changes the voice every time. Crazy's good. Yeah. Look at Kanye. Uh, so we have a segment on this podcast. <laughs> He's right Wait, Kanye's not good. Oh, that was oh, Stop yeah, the man. Sunday services. We don't want to see your kids dancing and fucking all way. We don't want to see I that kind of thing. I don't want to see the rainbow color hair. Uh, like, you don't, yeah. this, no. this is the problem. I, I do hate Kanye now. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, this, is the, this is the problem. I don't hate J. Cole anymore. Out to your black man, okay? He's a misunderstood. Is he black anymore? He's a misunderstood. You say you don't hate J. Cole anymore. What reason did you have to hate him in the first place? I didn't hate J. Cole. I just strongly disliked him. Yeah. No, we're not doing this right now. We're not. We're not. I hate when y'all try to flip like the dialogue <laughs> on me. Like on, we have we have a Make guest. Where's the engineer? We can't oh, even turn off the shirt. Where is Mike? Um, yeah. Uh, would you mind yes. go getting the engineer for us, please? I think he's out there. Yeah, I think Mike. he let you in. No, uh, I let her in. Oh no, you. Oh, was he out there? He wasn't out there. No, he was. When I I just went out there. He's out there. He's on the couches. Oh, we're about to wrap up in a second, but yo, thank you for coming, yo. Thank like, you so much. That ass, like, definitely want to You're always welcome back today. on this platform, yeah. you know. Appreciate that. Thank um, you for thank you for having me. I definitely would love to, you know, come back. And, Please, you know, yes, definitely. Sure. Oh, we, we gotta we have a segment just for you where we just talk about community issues and making everything better and for sure putting some money back into the community and you know. And we actually have a segment on this podcast where we just, it's called Don't Sleep, where we basically recommend either like an ideal or like a food or music, whatever that people shouldn't sleep on. Mm -hmm. So if you can like take time to sit by, sit on that and what you may think people shouldn't sleep on while we go through our ours, uh, that would definitely help. Okay. Okay. Um, I think people honestly shouldn't sleep on, um, we usually get really deep on this segment. I'm going to keep it pretty light. There's this R&B album that dropped about a month ago, maybe two months ago now, uh, called Sugar by Kyle Dion. Uh, he's, he looks kind of just like Prince to me, like very Prince esque. His style is kind of like 80s, early 90s. What's his name? Kyle Dion. Uh, Kyle Dion. The album's called Sugar. Really, really great R&B album. My favorite album to drop this year. Uh, just go check that out, man. I, I, he's, he's coming to New York for press. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. I fucking DM him every other day. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a huge fan, but, uh, don't sleep on that album. Sugar by Kyle Dion. Um, today I'm going to say, don't sleep on Young Atlas. Everybody go to Instagram and look up Young Atlas and Facts. check everything out. We appreciate it. Facts. Um, I'll say, um, just like we talk about every week anxiety, don't sleep on methods of how to uh, calm your anxiety, Word. Um, how to deal with it better. There's always ways to uh, that you can look up. Google.com. Or YouTube. 
Walking the streets of New York. Yeah. <laughs> for two hours. Seriously. Yeah, that works for me, actually. Two hours that. with that some works. music on. Yeah. yeah. If you can get through Central Park, it's always on a nice day. Mm. Smoke some weed, like Sierra's probably about to say. Oh, yeah, totally. But I was going <laughs> to say, uh, don't sleep on green vegetables. It's funny you say that. You need green, green vegetables, drink a lot of water. And the reason I say that is because I've been doing that a lot lately and I have mad fucking energy. Aww. You. Nah, for real, spinach is great. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Papa. <laughs> I'm just saying, but yeah, health is important. Um, you know, I'm on my fitness journey, so you have fun with that. Nachos later. <laughs> <laughs> no oysters, though. Definitely oysters. <laughs> oysters. <laughs> two Easy dozen. <laughs> um, I, I I got two things. One is for the for anxiety. I I I don't. I'd say don't sleep on a uh, CBD. I think CBD yeah. is kind of mm. dope. Um, I just had a CBD drink before I came here. Like uh like a grapefruit juice with CBD it's pretty good it kind of mm-hmm. is relaxing mm-hmm. in terms of anxiety it's a good way to kind of naturally cope with it mm-hmm. um, and then I would say don't sleep since we were talking about it earlier on the live interactive podcast I think that's going to be a huge trend moving forward so don't don't Road sleep trip. on that I feel like you guys can really execute Road that trip. effectively and make some money that's yeah that's definitely what's next it's been in my mind and since I'd love I to was... work with you guys on it seriously thank That'd you so much, much. Yes. let's get it started then yeah. right uh, where can people follow you and find your business? Um, at young dot at young dot atlas y o u n g period a t l a s at young dot atlas. Shoot us a DM if you got any questions. Want to check out our events and yeah, all of our info for all of our other links and what we got going on is there. Awesome. Thank you again for coming. Thank Thanks for having so me. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Had a great time. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, um, please leave a review on iTunes. Uh, I'm still not sure if Spotify has a rating system. I'm really not I sure. I don't see one. Yeah. What the fuck, Spotify? I don't know. But YouTube and iTunes <laughs> definitely have a, a review system, a like-dislike system, five stars, whatever. If you enjoyed this episode, please utilize whatever rating system you're, you're listening to this podcast on. Uh, follow us on Instagram at introvertedintuitionpod. If, you wanna, if you're interested in coming on as a guest, or just want to work with us, email us at introvertedpod at yahoo.com. Uh, and yeah, thank you, Young Atlas. Woohoo, thank you. Woohoo, thank you. Introverted Intuition, we out. Yes. Deuces. Ladies. <laughs>